If you didn't know it until now, you are the Common Sense Nation. And this is Radio Free Almond. Good morning, you bunch of drunks. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. 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 I thank you. I can't thank you enough. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'd like to thank all the all the people. I thank all the white people, black people, Asians, Hispanics, because I love all people, as you know. Thank you. Call those a bit. Let's call that a bit. What am I doing here? Hang on, let me let me just get this together. There's something there's something dark, and I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Do you feel dark? Mm-hmm. Or is it because I've come in? It, does it feel dark in here? It feels dark in here. I feel like I'm in Dracula's castle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know what it is. Is it the light? Is there a, is there a light missing? I don't know what you know what I think it is? Hang on. Let me just I need to put this where it needs to be. Okay. Cool. Hang on. I'll keep them. I'll keep them occupied. You keep them occupied. I was looking at the lyrics of this song, and uh, you let him know. I can't look at hobbles. Yeah. I had to look up hobbles. Hobbles. Yeah. It's hobbles. It's H O E V E L S. I think what happens is it's weird how sometimes you know how when you're inside, 
you can feel the vibe of the weather outside. That's kind of weird, man. It's like, it's, but, but I, sometimes when I'm inside, I feel like I can tell it's raining or cloudy outside. But I think that's a mind trick because you think, because you, you're already tipped off that it's cloudy outside. So I don't think that you really can tell that it's sunny or cloudy. But like this morning, you know, you get up and it's, I feel like we're living in some kind of beach town or something. It's got that kind of summer, like I feel like the, the, the ocean is just like right over the ridge over there because it's misty and it's rainy and it's cloudy and it looks like it's going to rain again. I can't tell, but it, it looks like it's going to rain again. So coming in here, maybe perhaps I have dragged that vision of the outside hmm. in with me so that it feels like it's, it's dark in here. Either that or it's just freaking dark in here. <laughs> Theory two. Yeah. Right. Does mm-hmm. it feel dark to you? Hey, people, does it, does it feel dark to you? Well, now that you say it, it kind of does. It does. You, you There's something of, like not uh, right here. I don't know. I turned this lamp on. Right. But I don't like that lamp on. Mm-hmm. So I turn it off. But it's been off the last couple times, too. Right. No, there's nothing different. I was okay. Looking, maybe there's overhead something out, but no. Nope. Yeah. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. All right. So today, lots to talk about. I never got to Rachel Dolezal. I got to get to that tomorrow. Oh, uh, today. I never got to her because she's back, but she's got a different name and everything. And that's a really interesting story. Plus, we have the debunking of this story regarding the kids at the border. And there's this one picture of the crying Honduran kid. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Of course, the media always calls everything iconic. Yeah. Everything that, I'm sorry, everything they do iconic, they call it iconic. Yeah. So, for instance, when the Post-Dispatch, by the way, can you, are you allowed to say that something is iconic if you've done it? Like, can you... <laughs> <laughs> I remember this. Uh, who would, somebody did that? Uh, we had. I heard that discussion before. I well, we had. It was probably when I uh, talked about the Post Dispatch and the picture the, of the the Ferguson of the Ferguson mm-hmm. protester. That was it because yeah. they were selling the photos and the, and and the, the, they called the picture iconic. Yeah. And it was so weird to me to hear a news organization call something of its own right iconic. Right. I mean, can you legally do that? I don't think you can. It's like me saying, you know, you know, Phil, uh, our iconic broadcast of Monday uh, must have been just, I mean, it's people would just say, what a douchebag. <laughs> I mean, they might say that already, but, <laughs> but, but, you know, it, it's, it's, I, you can't do that. But anyway, there is the iconic photo of the Honduran kid who is standing there crying because they say that the mother was, uh, taken from the baby from the kid so this essentially became uh, the Yanella uh, is the is the name she's two little girl cute little girl and she became essentially the face of this immigration crisis a, a f- photographer snapped a photo of her in, in tears and so what happened is the father now has come out. And, and, and by the way, there's, a, there's an image of this kid 
that was has been isolated and now is in a Time magazine cover, mm-hmm. and Trump is like staring at her. <clears throat> they just put Trump in the in the photo. So this is how far they've gone with this particular piece of information. And it turns out that the father of the girl has come forward and says, listen, I haven't been in touch with my daughter or or my wife and haven't heard from her at all for three weeks until I saw the picture of them being caught there in Texas. And the guy's, Talk to the Daily Mail. Lives in uh, Puerto Cortez, Honduras. Says that he was told that his wife and child were being detained at a family residential center in Texas, but are together and doing fine. And so the revelation is that he, his wife had previously mentioned her wish to go to the U.S. for a better future. But she didn't tell anybody that she was planning on making this trip. And he says that his wife always wanted to basically experience the American dream. That's not exactly seeking asylum, is it? Yeah, a better future is not. I mean, who doesn't want a better future? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, uh, you know, you're in a situation where if, if you just simply hold up a convenience store and your response is, well, I wanted a better future. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, no kidding. Who doesn't want a better future? And anyway, he says that uh, she went out this 1,800-mile journey with the baby girl. She just took him, never got a chance to say goodbye to the kid or any of the sort. And he says, well, really, this is, this is a situation where um, she paid, this is according to him, $6,000 for a coyote. So she apparently had money. Do you, do you, by the way, do you, any of you have six grand just that you're able to squirt away? Just wondering. Wait, okay, let's put it this way. Those of you who have six grand that you can squirt away, do you hope for a better future or do you kind of already have a good one? You, you know what I mean? So anyway, he says that, that, that uh, she was part of a group that was, that was nailed going across the border. And he says, listen, they really had never been separated, he said. They never really were separated. Uh, he says, you know, I, I saw the kid crying, but, but there was no proof at all that the, that the kid was, was separated from her. And in fact, they, that they were, she was never arrested uh, basically a part that they were always together and that this photo is just of a kid crying. It's it's not of them being separated. Like, it's just of a kid crying because she's been traveling 1,800 miles with her mom and suddenly they're popped across the Better Future line. So So she wasn't separated. But they used the picture anyway to show a separated baby, but the, the, kid, the, the kid was never separated from her. It's unbelievable. It's, these guys, I'm telling you, sometimes the news media will just, no matter what, just manufacture something and basically 
it doesn't matter. Just as long as you have the photo, you're you can just run with it, and no one's ever going to check. And 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 the, the the in me in my opinion, the photojournalism crowd is probably the most able to damage and lie mm-hmm. through their photographs, through their pictures, mm-hmm. through their presentation of the pictures, yeah. everything else. That's 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 how, in large part, how the media lies through its visuals. Mm-hmm. And photojournalists are probably the worst yep. when it comes to that. They could make you look terrible. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that get the shots of Trump's blowing hair. Yeah, they don't need sound. They just need a ticker tape at the bottom and the image, and you don't even need to hear exactly. anything. It's all right there. Like, for instance, you know, for every picture of Trump, or I, I remember this during the Bush administration, every picture of Bush shows him looking like he's just a stupid, hapless idiot. You know, you'd never see, you know, every picture of Obama, he looked like the Virgin Mary all, all the time. Right. Some glow behind him, and yep. he looked like he was, you know, statuesque and everything else. And there was never a picture of Obama kind of looking caught off guard or anything like that. But when it came to Bush, man, there there were all these pictures of him. And and there wasn't one picture, I think. I wish I could go through the the archives and just find a picture that that shows Bush statesmanlike in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. I I bet you'd be hard-pressed to find. And then every picture of Trump is one of this kind of wincing, mm-hmm. I don't give a crap guy. Now, keep in mind, these are isolated pictures, and I guess you could make the argument, well, he did wince. He did look like this. He did, because the, the, the picture's not faked, per se, but it's all in the presentation. It's all in, in how you present it. You know, these pictures, especially Ferguson was a great example of that. After I get done with my documentary, Chasing the Tylenol Man around the country. I want that. Let's do that, man. Oh, man, I'm serious. I want that. I thought about it last night. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we we need to do that. That's a great idea. After we get done with that, then we ought to go through the the Ferguson story in pictures and just see and analyze how the news media, specifically the Post-Dispatch, and, and and its team of left wing photojournalists who I know are are I know they are and they're really creepy people. Uh, David Carson, one of the photographers over there, one time wished for my death <laughs> on Twitter because <laughs> they called him out on the on the on the doctoring of a, of a couple of pictures regarding. Uh, now I can't remember his name, but he's the the police officer who wore the wristband, uh, the 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 Darren Wilson wristband. And I should remember his name. I can't. It's been it's been a it's been a very long past two months, and there are certain elements of my mind that have been erased. I'm not kidding you. Uh, is that a good thing, though? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, some people uh, I can't even remember their names. <laughs> It's crazy. It's it's not really a bad thing, but there are some people. It's like, oh, who who are you again? Right. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Yeah, like, I I would talk to him like every day, practically. I'm like, I can't remember, I can't for the life of me remember this dude's name. 
I'm sure somebody on Facebook might. I don't know. He's the he's the he's the uh, he's the St. Louis City Police Officer Union rep running for county executive there in Jefferson County. Good guy. I just I might anyway. So they 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 did a picture where they kind of um they kind of highlighted this this you know that that plastic whatever that is that yep. wristband Armstrong things that people, yeah, yeah right. right. Mm-hmm. And they they just juiced up the 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 shadings of the colors and things and made it really stand out like it was and he wore it at a, at a city hall meeting or something made it really stand out. It's just it was just total mm-hmm. manipulation. But the Ferguson stuff was really a great example of that where they you know that you'd always see these menacing pictures with the police and it was and clearly for a photographer and if you really want to make police officers look like a bunch of jackbooted thugs mm. you really can it's really easy to do but they never once really showed the it was they always acted as if everybody marching there in Ferguson was it was the march on Selma, so they just they just fantasized about this thing and made it so. And you could and it's crazy what you can do with photos or what you can do with audio visuals, everything else. It's really amazing. You can really change with the a world. Still shot, you can really do stuff because you can tell a story with a still. Oh that yeah, never happened. I wonder if that Time magazine. I have it. Uh, the famous picture with the guy in the fire, you know, the one that really made it. Was that a post dispatch? Lit himself on fire. Was that a, no? The one that the guy standing there with his hands up in Ferguson. Oh that, yeah, that, that was a post dispatch photo. Iconic. Okay, that's why. I thought yeah, that's yeah. the iconic photo with the, the flag time. and everything else. Yeah. Oh, they they love that. Yeah. So whoever took that picture got got paid because Time had that on the cover. So I think the guy wound up getting arrested or something. I think you're right. They followed up on that guy. Yeah. And he, <laughs> yeah. he got busted for something. Yeah. Well, right. I, yeah, was he wearing an Obama shirt while he was doing it? It was his backside. You can only see his back. He was. Uh, it's iconic, man. It's an iconic photo. Right, it's, mm. Does he have an iconic mugshot? <laughs> Here's the iconic mugshot of the iconic <laughs> protester. Yeah, but that 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 was a that was a big deal. So we'll uh, so you can tell a lot of different stories, and that's what they're down in, and, and of course down in at the border, it is just rich for that mm-hmm. and and they're doing it especially kids you know i mean all you have to do you, you take a little teddy bear and you're off yep. to the races yep you can you can put that thing anywhere they do that a lot in the middle east they i, I talked about this a while back when ryan was on with us and it was uh, uh called it pallywood and if you if you research pallywood You'll see how the Palestinians, when they do all their protests and stuff, it's completely choreographed. They got a couple of ambulances. They've got guys in like these uh, vests and things. When actually they're they're Palestinian, they're Hamas members, right. and they, then they're just kind of going back and forth with these stretchers and things. And these people aren't even injured, and they're all it's like it's like watching World Cup soccer. Mm-hmm. You know, they're always they're all these faking their injuries and writhing around and screaming. That's all you're hearing and running back to ambulances and things. I saw my friend, speaking of World Cup soccer, apparently, though, man, everywhere I go, people are watching World Cup soccer, dude. They love that. People around here love it. It's on TVs everywhere. But, yeah, watching a Palestinian protest is like, so somebody sent me a picture of a, a foosball table and all the foosball players were on the ground holding their knee. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's awesome. 
Oh man, I saw it again though. The the it just so happens, and it's no accident. I see it, and it just so happens I saw it on TV. So that means it happens a lot since I just happened to walk into a place where the TV's on, and already I see another soccer player faking an injury, writhing on the ground because some guy rubbed up against him. He suddenly collapses on the ground. <laughs> it's just, come on, people. <laughs> I mean, I, I do think soccer can be exciting. We, you know, and, and some of these teams, and I know that there's a lot at stake and everything else, but, uh, but I, I, there's something I can't, I can't deal with with these people who are just writhing around on the ground like that, faking their, their injuries. All right, so I didn't really cover a lot of this yesterday, but do you know why President Trump was in Duluth, Minnesota? And, and I talked a little bit about it when I told you the story about the, the article that was written, uh, and the headline was, Who is going to be the next Mondale? And by the way, when I talk into this, are there supposed to be bars that go higher Looks good to me. than that? Oh, it does? Okay. Pretty, pretty good. Look at me paying attention to the to the vol- the levels. They look okay. Yeah, sounds good too. I checked it. Okay, just looking at it over there. Look at the levels. My ate up brain. I'm looking at the levels, man. <clears throat> man I'm looking at those levels. Uh. Jeff Rorda, I think was the name. Jeff Rorda. Just so you know, that's his name, uh, Jeff Rorda. So, so anyway. In Duluth, Minnesota. Do you know why President Trump was in Duluth, Minnesota? Jeff Warner was the guy I was talking about, but we're past that now. He was uh, there to support somebody, right? Uh, or to kind of endorse? No, it's because President Trump is greedy, which is a good thing. I mentioned the article, "Who will be the next Walter Mondale?" It just so happens Mondale's from Minnesota, mm-hmm. and who will be the next Walter Mondale? Because whoever runs against President Trump in twenty twenty is going to receive the drubbing of a lifetime, the humiliation of a lifetime. So the Democrats are only having to decide now who's going to be that person who will be in obscurity for the remainder of their days. Who's going to volunteer for the obscurity title? And they compared the election of uh, Ronald Reagan in 1980 to the election of Donald Trump in 2016 and then proceeded to say that by the time 84 rolled around, Ronald Reagan won 49 states. You know which state he didn't win? Minnesota. I didn't know that. Wow. A- and Mondale's home state. Okay. So Mondale won his own state, home state. I think that was Minnesota. So anyway, and they said that, that – in 84, 49 states, it was like unbelievable. It's a landslide of amazing political historical proportions. Then they pointed out, they said, believe it or not, President Trump is doing far better than Reagan was doing in his first two years of office. So if Ronald Reagan was able to pull off the landslide of history in 84, after a great first term, and President Trump is already tracking to have a better first term than Reagan, 
he could win all 50 states. And that's where he's going for I'm it. sorry, all 52 <laughs> states. He could win all 52 states. He, all 50 states. And the one state that he really wants to win because he didn't win it in 2016 is Minnesota. He wants to win Minnesota. Greed. Yeah. I mean, and, and greed is, uh, like I use the term greed, you use the term greed, but we're doing it jokingly because we like that kind of greed. We, we like that kind of savage greed. That's Because he's a baller is what he is. The other people are all pimps from hell. But President Trump is a baller, and we know that. And so that's what he wants to do. He wants to win Minnesota. He, he won't quit until he wins Minnesota. So, and by the way, Minnesota is an interesting state. I, ever, I have never met a person from Minnesota that I didn't like. And, I, and because I went to school in Madison, Wisconsin, there were a lot of Minnesotans around there. And people from Minnesota are usually pretty darn nice. They're, they're a little kooky with their politics, but they're pretty, they're pretty nice. And they're pretty weird too, because in their politics, because they like are like they voted for a Republican uh, before uh, they had a Senate they voted for a Republican senator. Then they voted for uh, what's his face who died in the plane crash, uh, Paul whatever his name is. And then that then that's how Al Franken got into office there. So you've got a lot of weird politics up there. Uh, they can sometimes vote Republican because there, there are a lot of rural people up there, and then sometimes vote Democrat, but mostly Democrat. They're they're definitely Democrat, and so it's kind of an interesting state. And the people up there are really nice. I I don't know what it is. It's probably just a little bit of that uh, Norwegian, you know, Euro blood up there, Viking blood, mm-hmm. you know. But they're all pretty nice people up there. But anyway, t- President Trump wants to win win Duluth. And I didn't get a chance to play for you because this this uh, protester, this heckler that Trump put down was a pretty entertaining uh, bit. And we're going to make it a part of NAFTA because you have to mark up thousands of miles coming through Mexico. You come up thousands of miles coming through Mexico and we're going to stop it. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. <laughs> Go home to your mom, darling. Uh, <laughs> I didn't hear that one before. <laughs> your mom. <laughs> Get him out of here. Out. This guy's holding up some picture. I don't know what it is. Probably a crying child. He got, the guy's got a man bun, dude. <laughs> President Trump's face when he said, when he said, uh, um, go home to mommy. <laughs> Hold on a second. Have you seen the video? <laughs> Have you Your seen mom, the- <laughs> darling. Go home. Have you seen the video of this? <laughs> He, he tends to do that whole, when he says something that he thinks is groovy, he'll, he'll have that little, mm-hmm. little, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that little wince, yep. which is hilarious. 
dude's a baller, man. He's he been, owns people. Yeah. He's perfected the wins. <clears throat> I still can't believe he's president, and it's so awesome. Yeah. I'm sorry, but it's 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 a it's an amazing thing that was pulled off in 2016, and now it it essentially really does boil down to perhaps a historical landslide victory in 2020. And I don't want to get ahead of myself. You never know what can happen, you know. They, but but even the other day, the network said Manafort was found guilty of manslaughter. Did you see that? <laughs> No. They killed five people. And they had to come back and say, oh, sorry, we didn't mean that. Never mind. I mean, that's, that's the kind of environment we live in. I didn't hear that. <laughs> no, you didn't? Oh, my God. Dude, I, uh, hold on a second. <laughs> I need my stop calling me dude thing, because I, I always call you dude. We're, we're going we're gonna to get you some uh, some stingers back from the old stop days. Stop calling me dude. Um, Minnesota's, Minnesota's going to lose an electoral vote after the 2020 election they're predicting. Oh, are they? Go from 10 to 9, which is interesting. After the 2020 election, they're saying, predicted to lose one of of the votes. That might happen. Mm -hmm. So here, there's there's a... uh, (laughs) This is is ABC News, man. Okay? And and you can't... can't... We have record-setting numbers in every way economically, but we want to solve this immigration problem. You can't... Oh, you can't hear it because it's a graphic, but it's over him talking about how cool the economy is and everything else. And it says... Which uh, is going on for 40 years, more. It's been going on forever. Um, so they, they said Manafort pleads guilty to five charges of manslaughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that would have broke the news cycle pretty good if that was true. And ABC mm-hmm. uh, had to come back and say... We regret and apologize for the false lower third graphic that aired during our special report. It's interesting how they use broadcast jargon to, to the lower talk third. to people because nobody yeah. knows what lo- a lower third graphic is. Mm-hmm. We are investigating how incorrect information was in our system and how and why it was allowed to air. How's that investigation going, by the way? Because we haven't seen quite the outcome of that yet on Twitter. We apologize to our viewers and to Mr. Manafort. There simply is no excuse for this sort of mistake. Well, at least they, they owned up to it. But they said five counts of man. I mean, they, they just want to make things more terrible. It is crazy. And then it got to the point even now where the, the panels, these guys are all now ripping on Melania regarding her manner of dress. So we're going to follow up on that. Also going to kind of fact check the Obama administration and its track record when it comes to kids and separating families and that kind of thing. I'll follow up on the Rachel Dolezal thing uh, as well. We're going to have Gia Valenti joining us a little later on. She's going to probably do it by phone. We have to call her on the phone. Gia came up with this really cool thing she put on Facebook, which is her because I think she's going on vacation next week. I think it is. And so they're driving or we're doing whatever. And she showed us all the books and things she has for the kids, the activities, because she doesn't want them glued to their iPads or their iPhones. And so we're going to have a really cool conversation about the old days when you and I used to travel with mom and dad and we didn't have the phones and things like that. And even if it means playing the license plate game. I was going to ask if you did that. Oh, yeah, Yeah, man. Okay, cool. Well, we we also would get these – I can't remember what they were, but they were red – and they had like green 
uh, plastic over the windows. And I think you'd pick if you saw like a a billboard, you'd pull that, you'd go ahead and click that. It was like it was like a car bingo. We didn't have that, but no, I've never heard of that. So so if you saw like a billboard or if you saw a uh, truck mm-hmm. or if you saw a train or something like that, you'd click that off and you, it would be like it would be uh, car bingo. I think they called it. I don't think they called it car bingo, but that's what we called it. Yeah, never heard of that. Or sometimes uh, you'd uh, if you if you could smuggle your uh, your BB gun, just shoot things out the window as you're driving along. That's that was a cool little game we played too. No, huh? That's not true, is it? No. Okay. No, it's not true, Phil. Okay. Didn't get that one past you. Skeptical. (laughs) We we played a game called shoot out the tires of a semi. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> try to get him to honk while they diverge him while you're shooting out. No, it, no, try to get him to honk. If they don't honk, then you shoot the tires okay. out. Game. Well, that's only fair. We called it. If they don't honk, shoot the tires out. It's a little family game we play. <laughs> oh Lord, we could come up with some doozies. I believe me, our twisted oh. minds. Oh. But we're going to keep it clean and safe, and G is going to join us a little later on, and uh, we'll follow up on that. Jimmy Hoff, the Gateway Pundit, might pop in as well. And, yeah, without further ado, how about this, ladies and gentlemen? Our national anthem, and we are live in the Discovery Design Studios. Thank you, Rick Pogue of the gang. Oh, say can Stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight. Oh, the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming.
rock and roll band. Fly at night in the morning we land. Fly at night till we're satisfied. See the morning from the other side. And when you close your eyes, sleep comes first. When you fly the universe, well, you need some rest. Yeah, you need some rest.
Yes, indeed, everybody, live from the Discovery Design Studio, and this is Radio Free Almond, and that was a throwback. We This used to loop on Casey, man, at Chilliwack, and great song. And uh, a lot of people dug it, huh? Cause, because it reminds us of when we were kids. This the Chilliwack was like the deal. It's like, yeah, man, they were they were right there with us growing up, so... They're from Vancouver. Great band. Great band. People loved it, huh? Absolutely. That was a good good flashback. Chilliwack. Yeah. Uh, Those were all the... And now I think uh, what's happened is they kind of transferred over to more contemporary album rock. So some of the more... Like K-E-Z-K might play this song, whereas it used to be on Casey. I wonder if Casey still plays it. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's kind of it kind of probably morphed into something that was like more easy easy listening with Chilliwack, but really that was a rocking rocking tune. All right, so folks, Rachel Dolezal is back, and she is back not in a very flattering way. She uh, she was up there in Spokane, Washington, and she pleaded guilty to charges of welfare fraud. So, by, and by the way, just imagine this, all right? So, Rachel Dolezal is white. She becomes black, fakes her way into being black, and then commits welfare fraud. <laughs> so, it's like black people are going, thank you very much for that, Rachel Dolezal. We, we really appreciate you uh, turning black, then committing the crime of welfare fraud, which people oftentimes stereotype blacks as being that, you know, the welfare queen is always black, whatever. And I, I'm not saying that's true. I'm just saying that's a stereotype that some people uh, use. So Rachel Dolezal has once again insulted pretty much anybody she possibly could, taxpayers, black people, you name it. So, yeah, here's the story. Rachel Dolezal legally changed her name to Nikechi Diallo. So she... I, she took on, I'm not only going to be white and turn black, I'm going to adopt an African name, then commit welfare fraud. How does that work for everybody? <laughs> Unbelievable. Her arraignment was scheduled for this morning at 1030, but we didn't see her come into the courtroom until it was 1030 on the dot. Now, she was originally supposed to appear. What? When? in court for her arraignment oh. earlier this month, okay. but it was rescheduled for today. I see. You are charged. So she has, she has now like the, uh, like these hair braids in her hair. Mm-hmm. They're not really, they're kind of, they look like cornrows, except they're not in rows. They're actually like in a, in a, uh, like a ponytail mm-hmm. thing type of configuration. So she's, she's really like upped her blackness thing, you know, um, with two counts in the information, according to my docket, count one is uh, welfare. I'm surprised you didn't show up with one of those necklaces like you see in National Geographic. 
<laughs> right? Mm. Well, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna fake it, you need to really go big or stay home, right? So she should have shown up, like you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, where they elongate the neck a little bit with the tribal. Yeah, yeah and and don't wear a shirt. Mm-hmm. Oh, real National Geographic. Yeah, don't. Then, then, then. Okay, if you're gonna really try to pass yourself off as a white person who suddenly has become a black African, like with an African name, you might as well go the go the whole nine yards, mm-hmm. topless, mm-hmm. <laughs> with your necklace on. Fraud count two as well. Is that racist? I don't think it is. Right? Nope. I mean, I nope. Not that I give a crap, but I'm just saying. I, I just was wondering if that was. Nope. Thank you. Thank you, Judge. Before today, the attorney for Nakechi Diallo, formerly known as Rachel Dolezal, filed a notice of appearance with a not guilty plea. But Diallo still had to make that not guilty plea in person. Enter a plea of guilty or not guilty. How do you plead? Not guilty. Enter a not guilty plea on your behalf. Court documents say in March 2017, an investigator began looking into Rachel Dolezal when it was discovered she wrote a book and made public statements that she was... Re- the book is called In Full Color. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> ...receiving public assistance. According to court docs, between August 1st, 20... 20- I wonder how many people bought that book. Like, why would, you, why would you buy a book and just read about somebody who's just basically a liar? You know, just who's... Have you seen the show about her? No. Okay. They made a thing about her that and it's 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 her doing this. You know, she's in it and she's showing you her life and all this stuff, and it's kind of sad. I start feeling sorry for her, unlike Sean King, who does the same game on the other side, uh, where he's much more. Um, you know, there's a lot of animosity, a lot of issues with him. He wants to lash out. I don't ever. I never felt she wanted to lash out. I kind of feels felt a little sorry for her. Well, but. If you look back on her past, even even if you look at her family situation, like she's really like she looked like a normal, yeah. average, everyday, just and she was not unattractive. Nope, not at all. As a uh, younger woman, and it just and she really isn't actually unattractive. Period. But I'm just nope. saying. So so it's so weird because she had her parents, uh, like her mom, kind of came out. Mm-hmm. And said there was something up with her. I think I can't remember the full story. They give her a sort of a backstory of um, isolated, sort of trying to uh, trying to fit in. You know, one of those misfit kind of kids that didn't get along with other kids uh, in her own group. And then she made friends with the black girls, and you know how that is. That's how I've seen my friends. Have you know, they just get real tight with them, and all of a sudden it's like an identity thing. And she was able to pull it off somehow, but. Uh, She's a little damaged good somehow. There's something going on in her mind where I think you where Sean is more of a, I, I'm going to do this because I, you know, I want Yeah, well, I, wanna, I mean, I, I think she's clear. I, th- I think there's sometimes we, it's interesting, like when we do, when they do these uh, reality TV shows mm-hmm. on people like who eat pillow stuffings. That's <laughs> like toilet and, paper. Yeah, and it's like I you're, that you're, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's a mental disorder. That's not something that is like just a habit or I've gotten into the habit of eating. Pillow inserts. It's like um, you're. That's a problem. Okay, that's not something that you should be. That you should, we should take like even a half hour exploring why you're like that. And and the sad thing is, these shows don't don't take a half hour exploring why. They just simply show us voyeuristically 
what's happening. And we don't have any ability to kind of find out, well, what happened? Is there something wrong? Because you actually feel for these people who clearly are being exploited when they have mental problems. Like you um, drinking from a baby bottle when you're yeah. 50 is a problem. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, when, we're done, when we're done laughing, then it's, it's really a problem. It's yeah. really sad. The Dr. Drew's show it, it angered me. I used to watch that show where the celebrities would come on, and several of the people that were on that show have now, have now killed themselves or died. And, um, you know, Allison Chains, bass player, I mean, that's <clears throat> beside, but that particular one really irritated me. Uh, Jeff. Uh, well, what were they, what were they doing Greece. on Dr. Drew? Just well, when they, they were, uh, you know, Rod, Rodman was on there. His was really m- moving and everything. You know, yeah, they're all on drugs. They're all strung out. They're right, all right. half dead, almost most of them. And um, they come in there and they sit with him and they exploit the hell out of it. And it's, it's reality, but it's just awful because it doesn't. It's just for us to look at them and just you know, it didn't solve anybody's problems. What's his name? Jeff from Greece. You know what I'm talking about from Taxi. Jeff. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he died after the show. And you know, well, there's there's nothing constructive about it. I that's mean, right. It, it, it's obviously something that you're like, wow, that is crazy that they that they eat mattresses mm-hmm. and things. But but it's really a a, a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And yet it's treated – and what's happened is they, they're treated like it's okay because they're just different. Mm-hmm. And so they're not getting any help from anybody because when you're, when you're doing that, you're not helping somebody by saying, yeah, but you're just different. You just – you eat styrofoam because you're different. Mm-hmm. It's like no uh, or your own well, – somebody like your, your own blood or mm-hmm. something. It's like that's, that's mm-hmm. a problem, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm sorry to laugh. Or the people – or they do stories about people who are – you know, 700 pounds, and, and they'll do the story about the person who's just like kind of like laying on a mattress. Right. <laughs> they, you know, I, take a wall <laughs> out of their house to get yeah. them out. Right. I mean, okay. that, that's, that's a problem. It's not something to be uh, derided, uh, but I, I think there's a level of derision that happens in these reality shows. But, uh, you know, I wonder what I would like to follow up, speaking of follow up, on the. Uh, on like the remember those ba- the, the shows and they'd have like these oversized babies on there, like they had like they had these big fat <laughs> no uh, babies. I didn't see that. <laughs> you don't remember that? No. Jerry Springer oh. uh, was one of the first who did the uh, who did the the I think or maybe was it Maury Povich or somebody, and they had like six or seven of these. Kids were like, I guess, nine months old, but they looked like they were ten, and they were gigantic, fat, oh wow, babies. And 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 the worst part of it is, they'd wear their diapers. They put them in their diapers for the show, for the make- show, and they'd be running around just in their diapers on the show. I mean, that was terrible. <laughs> I wonder where those kids are right now. Yeah, hmm. you know. Yeah, because I'd like to follow up on on that. Mm. Yeah, those were the and and Maury Povich still does that DNA show. Who's your, who's the daddy or whatever? That's, yeah, it's good TV. Well, how is that good TV though? It's it's kind of like you know, people. I remember when people were complaining about the situation in Ferguson, and and I was wondering, so who's the audience that watches Cops? Because I don't watch Cops, but I've watched Cops before. Mm-hmm. And I know that I'm not comfortable with how things are interacting on the show Cops. 
but their audience is down market. I mean, the people watching Cops are the people who've probably have a few been in the cop cases, cars, right? A, a rap sheet. Mm-hmm. That's the only. There, there really aren't like the people who are listening to this show right now or watching on Facebook right now. I would I would probably guarantee you that the that they they are not the audience for cops. Right. So who is the audience for cops? Who's who are the people that enjoy watching just shirtless rednecks and and black people <laughs> being uh, usually mistreated to some degree or or making, you know, weird comments or doing whatever. I mean, who who's watching that show? And I guarantee you it's a largely urban or trash white trash audience that is that is watching that show and they're the same ones who complain about mm-hmm. you know police brutality and about being pulled over and yet they'll spend hours watching other people get pulled over for no reason have you seen bait car no that, that that's, now, that's a good one epic man because it's the same people it's like how many times if you're watching this show you should understand how it works you know yeah. if you're going, it's just cracks me up that that show is funny well it's too bad because it, it's uh, bait car would be great if it were like in Europe, because they would not only have the bait car, it would blow up when you got into it. <laughs> they don't have as many standards in Europe, so they would the bait car would actually just ins- burst into flames with the people in it. And then we'd watch the, that. The, the car doors lock. And yeah, all that right. stuff. <laughs> or you'd hear the actually the fire would start, and then you'd hear the the car doors lock. Right. They'd, they'd probably show somebody in a booth, you know. Yeah, right. Locking the controlling lock the guard horse. They do it on Bay Car, and you think that the people that, like you said, the people that watch cops are probably people that have generally been incarcerated or know how it works, and just want to watch. Because who the, else would be interested right. in that kind of thing? I'm not. I'm right. not interested in that. No. no. <laughs> so, but but they're the. I guarantee you, uh, half the people out protesting in Ferguson probably watch cops. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's probably actually right. You're probably right. I I, mm-hmm. I pretty much guarantee you. Mm-hmm. I have no proof of that, mm-hmm. but I pretty much guarantee you that's the market for a show like Cops. It's not directed, you know, to uh, Margaret Sharp, who, by the way, that's bizarre. I was just looking at her name when you said that. Who, by the way, dropped off a cake the other day, and I, we're gonna we're gonna display that at around seven o'clock, Margaret. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna display your lovely cake you brought in, but I guarantee you, people like that they're not watching cops. She has no interest in, in watching that, but some people are. Boy, speaking of the uh, foreign reality shows, the foreign I love like the Japanese uh, game shows where where they literally I don't know how they get away with it liability wise mm-hmm. because they scare people half to death mm-hmm. on these shows. I've watched a lot of those shows, actually. And they're really about, funny. Oh, or, or no, awesome. the ones, the other ones, I think, would be uh, like the Mexican game shows mm-hmm. or whatever. The, I don't know whether it's Mexico. I know it's Hispanic, so mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's in Mexico or South America or something. I think like it's Brazilian TV, maybe, something like that, mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, they'll, they'll trap people in elevators and, and, and like a ghost will come out. Or mm-hmm. there's one where they had a somebody... Um, is in an elevator and these people are moving a casket, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and 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 then the the, uh, the the casket opens and somebody pops up, ah! like ah! And they're scared half to death, cardiac arrest. Whatever. I mean, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. 
And in Japan, they have the ones where they have people, they think it's funny, and it is, by the way. Mm-hmm. They, they get off on watching people, like, the, like a person will be out there and they'll walk up behind somebody and they scream at the top of their lungs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And scare them half to death. Or sneeze on them. Or they have like a misty bottle where they spray it. I mean, that stuff is Mm -hmm. funny. I mean, I love watching that kind of stuff. I don't know why. We don't do it here, I think, because the minute you do, you get get Mm -hmm. shot or you get sued or whatever. Definitely get sued if you scared somebody and they had like a heart attack. That's probably why we don't do it here. Punked. Punked kind of did that for yeah. there were a couple shows that kind of yeah. did that, but they 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 didn't proliferate too much. Who's the guy that goes out there and he and he gets almost beat up every time? He's really obnoxious, but he'll go up to somebody like in the hood and and say really horrible things and get his butt kicked. I can't remember his name, but he's pretty funny. And then there's this one, and and Aiden watches this or used to for a while, and I didn't really uh, like that particular show because I felt like it was really set up. It's those comedian, those, those, those four prankster oh, guys. Yeah. Practical jokers or whatever. Uh, pr- yeah. The practical joker guys. And, and they're all, they wear like, uh, mics and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and stuff like that. And then they have three guys controlling what's going on behind it's the scenes. Funny. Yeah. But it seems, it seems kind of set up to me. It, it, some of it seems not, Really organic, impractical jokers. That's the name of it. Um, oh yeah, yeah. They, they they got so famous now that they can't kind of can't do it here anymore. They went over to Europe, I think, to do a, a season yeah. over there, so they're not recognizable. But some of it is set up. But those early seasons, there's some really yeah, funny, some funny stuff. I mean, we would laugh really hard watching some of those early episodes. I thought it was one of the funniest shows on at the time. Well, um, it's, but, it's kind of become like the uh, the blooper shows out there that suddenly they you know. Uh, Remember, it was like there was a show back in the day called Real People. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Real People. I remember that show. And they'd show people, you know, babies like doing Mm -hmm. something crazy or or a a dog, you know, cuddling with an infant or doing something crazy. Then it got to the point where I think people started to like the fake things because Mm -hmm. there are very few people who are really videotaping somebody on a ladder while they're painting. It just doesn't really happened that way and suddenly you saw all these videos of people mm-hmm. you know whoa i just mm-hmm. fell off a ladder mm-hmm. while i'm painting it's like why were you being videotaped while you're painting mm-hmm. i don't understand that so it didn't really work out very well but one of the early ones that i thought was fun were the uh where it was candid camera yeah. with alan funt that was and that was that was good you're on candid camera <clears throat> I think they tried to do that again, but I don't know. And November 30th, 2017, Dolezal received public assistance when she was not entitled to it. Cordock says she received over $8,700 in food assistance and $100 in childcare assistance illegally. After making her plea this morning, Dolezal, now legally known as Nikechi Diallo, quickly left the courtroom and made no comment to media. Well, there she goes off into the wilderness again. I guess that's what you get, you know, when you when you're that public and you write a book and then somebody says, I wonder if she's doing this and they determine that she is doing that. And suddenly you're nailed. That's how it works. All right. Coming up, we're going to check in with uh, G. Valetti. She really has this really cool thing, uh, traveling without devices. And I realize that's going to be really hard for a lot of people these days because the best thing sometimes about um, 
when you're traveling, remember they used to, when they came up with the uh, video screens where you could play a, a video in the car, yeah. those come in very, very handy. Yeah. We never had those, but I see them. I'm stopped at a stoplight. I could see the kids in the front. <laughs> Watching two, a movie. two TVs on the back of each seat. It's like, oh, look. We never, we never were able to do that. Now, the only thing is sometimes as, as a parent, you're just simply listening and, and you start to learn the entire song list of one of the Disney movies or something. Oh, and yeah. Over man. and over oh, again. Yeah. And, but, and you're not seeing anything either. So you're, you're, all you're doing is hearing it. And it just kind of keeps going over and over again. Then they got to the point now where they, some wise parents, they would get earphones, and then suddenly the kids are completely yeah, checked out and anesthetized. But that's not a bad thing when you're traveling on a 14-hour hour car ride or whatever. Uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing. So, yeah. All right. Well, we'll take a break, and we'll be back with uh, Gia Valenti. And Jimmy Hoff, the Gateway Pundit, is going to join us just a little bit later on. And also the media... They've decided now they've let, let off a little bit on the border, and now they're going after Melania and, and how she dresses. This woman can't win. If she's wearing heels or whatever, they're too expensive. Now they're after her because she's not dressed up enough. Unbelievable. Four strong winds that blow lonely Seven seas that run high All these things that won't change Come what may Well, our good times are all gone And I'm bound for moving on I'll look for you if I'm ever back this way Think I'll go out to Alberta Weather's good there in the fall Got some friends that I could go working for Yet I wish you'd change your mind if I ask you one more time But we've been through this A hundred times or more For strong winds that blow lonely Seven seas that run high All these things that won't change Come what may Well, our good times are all gone And I'm bound for moving on I'll look for you if I'm ever back this way
if I get there for the snow flies and if things are looking good you could meet me if I sent you down the fair but by then it would be winter not much for you to do and the winds can sure blow cold away out there for strong winds that blow lonely seven seas that run high all these things that won't change come what may well our good times are all gone and I'm bound for moving on I'll look for you if I'm ever back this way
I was in a, uh, I was in a serious Neil Young loop last night on the way home from the <laughs> from Aiden's baseball game. Aiden was pitching like a beast last night. He's a pitcher. Yeah, nice. He's got a great arm. Yeah, he's he uh, third base catcher and pitcher. And played on a great team and uh, good good boys. And Did uh, he yeah, strike he, you out? Uh, he probably could. No kidding. At this point, yeah. Wow. I mean, I, I don't. Sinker? He no. He well, you know, kids that age, you don't want to be messing around with their uh, too much with their arms. You just want them to throw the ball and throw strikes. And if they're hits, then so be it. Let the uh, let the defense get it. Uh, so, but that, at that point, because you know, at thirteen. There, there's, there's an argument to be made that kids that age shouldn't even be pitching anyway, because it's, it's really hard on your arm. So you don't want to start teaching them like uh, to, to, to start twisting their elbows and their wrists mm-hmm. and things like that. You just want them to go over the plate. I'm sure you guys, a lot of you guys out there, have sons who probably are great pitchers and do that anyway. I'm just saying that I don't, I don't, don't quote me as a, as a baseball coaching boy expert. I'm just saying for, for Aiden, it's we just wanted to. Just throw, throw, give it some force, and uh, once he gets a little speed on his ball, I told him once you get into high school, you'll be a, you'll be unstoppable. That's but great, for now, man. just throw it over the plate. Didn't know if that. they hit it, your defense will get it, and you're and you're um, and you're on your way. You know, just just do that. And uh, yeah, the, when they were little, even the girls, uh, especially Natalie. Unfortunately, I kind of ruined Natalie because. I never pitched underhand to them when I was playing with them, even when they were like two. So uh, I never pitched underhand to Couldn't them. Give them the granny at two. No, come on, man. No, that's harsh. No, 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 no. It's not harsh. It taught them. It taught them some good things. I mean, because mm-hmm. but unfortunately, though, by the time Natalie got into softball, uh, because it was this, you know, because she could hit an overhand pitch. Mm-hmm. And so softball was too boring for her. Yeah, she's right. a great. She's a, she'd be a great softball player, but unfortunately, I think I, 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 I made it so that softball is too boring for her. So I kind of messed her up a little bit there. So. I freak out on those fast pitch softball. Oh, I that's, love watching. They let women. it go at their hip, and oh. it's like that's so freaky. Man. I love watching college women's mm-hmm. softball. Yeah, it's intense, man. It's really cool. I think I think a lot of it has to do with I, I love watching the camaraderie. I mean, women's softball and these and these teams and and they're first of all they're really good and they're they're like ultra supportive of each other. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of cool mm-hmm. to watch it, but it's uh, it's fun to watch. Where was I though? Oh yeah, Neil so Young, the, Luke. Neil Young, Luke. So so normally, Aiden, uh, we listen to the L.A. and New York uh, pop stations. I have them on the on the satellite. Serious? You know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're listening to uh, Drake and all these other, you know, and it's, some of it's pretty darn good music. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Uh, King Cuddy. I'd and, be surprised. You know, yeah. Some of it's not bad, it, but, it, but it's the kind of music that ultimately will hit here. It usually takes about three years for music from L.A. <laughs> right. to... Because so, so by the time yeah. it plays on, like, Y98, 
You're like, I heard this like three years ago. (laughs) And that's just how it works. Nowadays, program directors listen more because because of, of satellite. It's kind of changed the way things operate. Because of satellite now, program directors can hear music that they ne- didn't necessarily – they had to wait till it kind of made its way through the whole industry loop. But now you can turn on the New York station or the L.A. station, hear a song, say, I want to play that, and you're on Y98. But it used to be like back in the day, you'd hear a song, and, uh, and, and, and then three years later, it would finally be on St. Louis's airwaves. I don't think that that's – much anymore. It's but. true. I, I, KC, I know, was playing bands that we were into, like The Cult is my, was my greatest <laughs> example. Where yeah. KC would never play The Cult while we were listening to them for two or three years. Right. We were so mad because they're rock, and uh, but KC wouldn't go there, and now, of course, they play the hell out of The Cult. Yeah. But it was it was years before they played it. We used to call in and say, come on, man, <laughs> just play one song off their first album. Like, we'll play that new that new stuff, alternative. And yeah, right. Back when The Point was new and they were at war, but... Right, yeah, I know what you're talking about, though, man. That's there's a delay, and the, and the coasts always get it first, and then we have to wait for it to kind of seep in. But now you're right with satellite, we can hear everything right away. Yeah, although there's still probably plenty of songs we're not hearing here that are. Yeah, it's just it's easy. program directors just have an easier. Uh, you know, it's kind of like we have easier access to information now mm-hmm. thanks to computers. Yeah. They have easier access to this stuff. I'll give you an example though of of, of how music travels. So I I drive to uh, I went out to the. Uh, by the way, Margaret Sharp, I'm going to display your cake in a second, so be, be be ready. And one funny story about Margaret is, so wh- while I'm saying that Margaret Sharp, like none of our viewers, <laughs> none of our people watch cops, all of you are like, I watch cops all the time. I'm like, okay, that just, you know, sorry. Kind of. Know your audience, <laughs> Yeah, sir. well, I thought I did. I mean, I, I just, I wouldn't, I thought that there were a lot, uh, well, I don't watch TV a and lot. And Povich. time. And the Povich, whatever, the baby's daddy release, whatever show, they watch that too, apparently a couple of them. Yeah, a couple of them. Like, it's like yesterday, there were like all of two people who didn't like Springsteen and Phil acted like no. it, was a, it, was a wow. bar- it was a barrage. Okay, yeah, I did. I took advantage you of did. that. You did. You did, man. You misrepresented And I got caught, people. and I don't know how I feel you about You did get that. caught. Because, well, people listen, man. Oh, people listen. Outrageous. But yeah, so, Margaret, I'm going to display your cake here in, in, in just a little bit. Anyway, I'll give you an example. So I, I go out to... Uh, San Diego for the 1996 Republican National Convention. And I decided to drive. And I said, you know, I'm going to make this kind of a trip where I'm just going to bring all my music and I'm going to drive all the way to San Diego. I'm going to make a two-day trip. Uh, I'm going to bring all my George Jones CDs and my Western Swing on the radio and my REM and just all my stuff. I'm just going to just play music and just travel the... Route 66, which is, you know, uh, 44 to 40 and, you know, that kind of thing. So I do that. I leave uh, Oklahoma. I leave uh, about 2 in the afternoon from St. Louis, get into Oklahoma City at about 10, hang out in Oklahoma City for a little bit, go to sleep, wake up in the morning, and then drive 17 hours to Barstow, California. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and Barstow is a great place. I'm going through Amarillo. I'm actually, if you, if you, if you listen to the song Route 66, I'm going through, you know, Gallup, New Mexico, and, mm-hmm. you know, Sedona, you know, you know, all those places. And I remember seeing my first uh, tumbleweed in, <laughs> in, in, uh, in uh, Kingman, Arizona, uh, and I was getting gas. It had to be like about, right before I got to Barstow, so it was, had to be like about 10 or 11 at night. 
is like 100 degrees, mm-hmm. get gas, go to the filling station, and I see my first tumbleweed. I was so thrilled. I was like, oh. Was it blowing across the, yeah. just like there? Yeah. Wow. Saw the painted desert for the first time. It was like, man, I got, I got a, I got an, I, I, I got, went to a gas station in New Mexico where they actually still gave like wooden nickels to you when you filled up the tank. It's like so <laughs> damn cool. So anyway, and then, then of course, then, then did the. I wish I could find this tape. Then I woke up the next morning in Barstow, uh, and I, I love the the fact that I got to Barstow like at midnight. But because of the hour change, I was like, oh cool, it's really only ten. So I'll stay up and drink a six pack of beer. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. in the hotel room. So I did that, and then got up the next morning, and then went in, went on into San Diego, and just pell mell through the Mojave, and it was like uh, everybody was like going 110 miles an hour. Mm. So you'd be flying down in Mojave. I videotaped myself doing that. Actually, you have a I don't know where that tape is for the life of me. I wish I had it, but I, this is was not safe. But I videotaped my speedometer and everything else. I was going 110, which is not wise, but wow, I was going with everybody else. You were just going with the flow. Yeah, but this was actually yeah. a camcorder, though. Right, I was just going to you say, know? you're looking for the tape. I'm like, are you looking for an actual tape? <laughs> yeah, Physical yeah, tape? Yeah, there's a tape okay. somewhere of me driving 110 <laughs> yeah. through the Mojave on my way to uh, the Republican National Convention. And so I uh, – <laughs> it was stupid. But, you know, what's even better is that you're, is that you're doing a, uh, 110. And then, of course, because you're, you're flying through the Mojave, you're also in where they're doing – uh, you're near a that where there's an air base out there or something where there's mm-hmm. fighter jets and that's how that's where they practice is above, over the desert. So you're flying 110 miles an hour. It's sunny, beautiful. You're listening to music. You're videotaping yourself going 110, and then there's a fighter jet flying over your head. You know, cool. Uh, it, it was just a great little yeah. scene. So anyway, going to San Diego, and one of the songs I heard on the way uh, in to I wish I could find that tape, man. I've mentioned this before on the radio, and I and I and I said I was going to look for the tape, and I got to find that it's somewhere. It's like a it's like a camcorder tape. This uh, high eight, super eight, little ones, the little ones, yeah. Uh huh. And and what you do is back in those days is you'd have those, then you would pop them into whatever apparatus you had that looked like a VHS An adapter, and, you know, uh-huh. and you'd Man, be able to we put have it in one. there. Mm-hmm. Oh, you do? Well, oh, we well, do. Then I'll, when I find it, I have the we'll, adapter for you. Then yep. we'll then we'll mm-hmm. watch it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was. Uh, Find that. So one of the songs I heard on the way uh, there was this uh, this song. Listen to this one here. I, I it was. Um, hang on. Hang Thank on, you, people. Lori. Thank you, Lori. Well, who are you talking to? Springsteen comment. So I'm hearing this on my way through Arizona. Okay, damn, this is a good song, man. And it was the uh, the primitive radio gods. Have you heard this before? I remember it now. Yeah, They're sampling BB King, I think, a little bit. So this is a great tune. I heard this, and this was just on the radio because back in the day. You didn't have uh, you didn't have satellite radio at the time, and uh, and so this was just on the radio out there in on the West Coast. And I'll be darned if I come back after 1996 being there, and this doesn't hit any radio station in St. Louis until like 1998. Because I remember hearing it on the radio here, 
like two years later, maybe a year and a half later, I'm going, oh, it's about time. I heard this all on West Coast Radio. Yeah. Primitive Radio Gods, is that the name of them? Yeah. Primitive Radio Gods, okay. I don't know, what, I don't know whether, whether they've done anything else since then. But I was in this Neil Young loop last night, and, and Aiden listens to the pop stations, and yet I had, um, I decided I was just going to go ahead and jam it on through my, um, through my phone, and I felt like, well, maybe, maybe he doesn't, um, maybe he doesn't want to hear it. And I'm I'm jamming it, and I'm, and he starts to really fall in love with, because I was actually kind of doing Neil Young and Crazy Horse, and and Neil Young's like one of the greatest guitarists ever, ever made. And I say, you sure you is you okay with this? And he's like, oh yeah, I'm good with it. After I played a little, little more, and. I think I have a Neil Young fan on my hands at 13, which is great. L.A. pop, too. To Neil Young. Not bad, huh? No, not bad at all. She is on Facebook. Oh, did she get my get my message? Hi, Gia. Oh, there she is. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. Good. I will uh, call you, Gia, in just a little bit here. Then, perfect. Absolutely. Traveling tips. And Jim Hoff's going to join us just a little bit later on too. Yeah, traveling tips with Gia. And the Gateway punted as well. So I have a new Neil Young fan in the formulation of Aiden Allman. Thank you very much. And this is good. This is the, the, Neil Young is like, he. you asked earlier whether he ever appeared in St. Louis. And he did. Uh, oh, I didn't ever see him in St. Louis, but he was here in like 2008. And he kind of went off the the deep end it had this like George Bush George Bush is a liar it was like it had a song like George Bush with Halliburton in it or something Halliburton and Dick Cheney it's like oh gosh so everybody walked out stick with your brand buddy but yeah he had like an anti Neil Young uh, anti George Bush song so all these people who like it was their lifelong dream to see Neil Young, and he just takes a crap right there on stage. That's, that's with a bummer. New song. That's a bummer. That's a really bum, big yeah. bummer. I think that sucks. And again, I've always I've never really been a shut up and sing guy. I think if you have a platform and you want to use it, fine. But but just be wary really? that that's people really are how you feel. Well, but you know, I mean, because I well, who am I to tell people what to yeah, say? But you so, pay large money for concerts you go to sometimes. Well, I, what, what I'm saying is. You have you pay the price for it if you decide you're going to talk, yeah. you know. If, if you're going to uh, 
if you're going to do that, you're going to you're going to pay a price that's for right. it. So, I'm, but, but I'm not I'm not a person who's going to go on the air and hang you for it because right. I'll let you hang yourself for it. Mm-hmm. Heaven knows there are, there are enough people out there who are trying to dictate what comes out of people's mouths. So I don't want to be another one of them. But I will I will challenge you with what comes out of your mouth. Right. I mean, if you're LeBron James and you want to do the whole Black Lives Matter, black people are oppressed thing, fine. But I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not really gonna agree with you and I'll tell you how I think. But if you're a basketball guy and you wanna make a big deal out of whatever it is, you wanna speak your mind, then then knock yourself out, you know? As far as I'm concerned. And if you're Neil Young and you want to piss off half of your audience that paid a good price to come and see you, do it because they're not going to come back. But that's on him, you know. But yeah, the George Bush, the anti-George Bush song. And what this guy was thinking. It was a really bad song, too. I wonder if I can find it. (laughs) It's a really awful song. Let's play it for everybody. Uh, Well... Barbara Streisand kind of started that whole thing way back when she was the first one that kind of went up on stage and and, and and made a bunch of comments. And then that's when I first heard the debate of, you know, shut up and sing. First time I ever heard it was Barbara Streisand. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was it was the um, it was the it was the uh, let's let's impeach the president. This is a commercial. I'll skip this ad. How about that? This is this is his le- the song was called Let's Impeach the President. <laughs> That's clever. Very clever. And oh and, and half the audience just like walked out. Get to it. We get your intro there. The no way, dude. <laughs> I'm not kidding no you. The guy way. sang this in his Let's Impeach! Yeah, so they so he plays this out there at Riverport, and like half the audience is like, "You've got to, you've got to be kidding me! What a waste <laughs> of a great guitar!" Yeah. Okay. I mean, and it's just like, oh my lord, you Neil Young. After I mean, you have a. You have a double, triple album set called Decade, which is a compendium of some of the greatest music ever made, dude. You're like, you're like probably clearly one of the, if not the best, one of the best guitar players in the world who ever lived. Songwriter, everything else. And, you, uh, and you're doing this? <laughs> I mean this this is wow. the guy this is the guy who <laughs> sings, you know, Harvest Moon. Right. Dude. This makes the uh Statue of Liberty song with a little river band seem pretty 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 awesome, actually. So I'm sure that people who were at Riverport first thought, oh, uh, You know, they started to hear the guitar and the intro, 
Like, oh, great, another Neil Young song. And then suddenly it's like, Lance Peace, President. <laughs> it's like, oh, my, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I mean, this, this, it's just as. It's all gang vocals, too. I don't like oh, it's gang really vocals. I mean, is there. Tapping our computers. I mean, is it, are these even lyrics? I mean, they're just kind of like. <laughs> wow, man. I know, man. This is the, this, this is the same dude. It's, it, you know. Sailing hardships through broken harbors out on the waves in the night. How to ruin your brand. Still a searcher, my See if we can match it. <laughs> This guy right here. Tell me why. <laughs> this guy wrote a song called Let's Impeach the President. Tell me why. <laughs> Man. Is it hard to make arrangements with yourself? Well, that's what we get, you know. <laughs> Alicia on Facebook <laughs> says, did they expect people to start singing along? Is that the point? Of well, the- yeah. Well, first of all, <laughs> can you imagine singing along to a song like that? Tapping our computers, <laughs> Halliburton, Oil, Dick Cheney. It's like you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> oh man, this guy! Greatest songs ever made. But so you can imagine why people. And that's why you want to just let people like this who try and pull something like that suffer. You're right. You're right. I mean, you're Neil Young. You've got a following. You want to take a poop on a stage at the Riverfront Amphitheater, knock yourself out, but people are going to leave. And they Mm -hmm. did walk out. Poop for peace. They did walk out. Yeah. I would have. Jumping the shark. There you go. Jumping the shark. Jumping the old shark. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, anyway, speaking of jumping the shark, these people just (laughs) knocked themselves out there on uh, CNN. So Melania wears a a jacket. She goes to the border, uh, and and the... (laughs) The jacket says, I, on the back, it says, I really don't care, do you? On the back. And, of course, everybody thought it was supposed to be a like a horrible statement that the First Lady was making about uh, the kids or whatever it was. And then, as much as they crab about her wearing high heels at the border or, uh, or, or, or to hurricane aftermaths or... Storm after mask because if she's dressed too nicely, they hate on her, and now they're hating on her for dressing not nicely enough to go to the border. By the way, yeah. So the idea that what she's wearing uh, and the sort of image she's projecting with her clothes doesn't matter. I I just don't think it really uh, passes the smell test here. Uh, I'm sure she has lots of jackets. It's like a $39 uh, jacket from from Zara from Uh, 20. This is this is your news media. Mm -hmm. 
This is your news media and how it occupies its time. This is a one, two, three, four-member panel that includes the Jake Tapper show. Oh. And they're, they're talking about Melania's jacket. That's that's how much they that's how much they care about really anything that's going on in the United States right now and for that matter the world. But they're obsessing. I don't even know who a this press chick pool is. With them, they knew that the cameras were going to be there. So the idea that what she's wearing uh, and the sort of image she's projecting with her clothes doesn't matter. I, I just don't think it really uh, passes the smell test here. Uh, I, I'm sure she has lots of jackets. It's like a thirty-nine dollar uh, jacket from from Zara from 2016. I think it's like an old old jacket. Um, um, 2016 so, is old, old. I mean, in, in, in terms of, for, for Mel- I mean, it's this is unbelievable. What I'm listening to and what we're hearing right now is a woman who, first of all, is decrying that that Melania is not dressed up enough and appropriately, and then actually thinking about how the jacket is old when it's from 2016, and then and then Jake Tepper says, "Well." That's old? She goes, well, by Melania's standards. So apparently Melania is not only attacked for not dressing nicely enough, she's not dressing the way she, they attack her for dressing nicely. Then she wears something that's not so nice. Then they attack her for not wearing something that's not so nice up to her standards that they've attacked her for before. Yeah, yeah that, That's the very definition of just basically not being able to win. Trump, For a model. Like, she okay. is a $1,000 jacket. She is a stylish yeah. lady. Right. In the course of being first lady, is, I believe she... They're spending time on this, just so, so you know. She dozens of different coats. And many of them are beautiful. This uh, one is not. This one is not? Why did <laughs> no one say... Unbelievable. And, wow. and, and And these are the same women that would be the first people to jump up and down and raise some hell if you dared judge somebody on their appearance or if you or, or or if you talked about Michelle Obama's dress or you talked about some uh, the appearance of some or, or you objectify anybody based on what they're wearing or how they look whatever they'd be the first ones to attack her but apparently Melania is just fair game for everybody and and they're bickering actually they're they're actually arguing with each other or talking over each other about how horrible Melania is in her Maybe clothes. Maybe pick one of your other beautiful coats, Melania. I just don't understand. So, Maybe it's a- this is CNN, is the Jake, world's most important network. Is Jake Coming sitting there? Pander from her. I mean, this administration yeah, he's the one who doesn't chimed care in earlier. about these kids. They obviously don't care about these kids. Do you think kids? Melania Trump really doesn't care about these kids? Melania Trump, who went down there today. You, you think- Jake I'm- Tapper's finally, he's just basically trying desperately <laughs> to keep his show on the rails. Because he, he realizes he's sitting there with like these three harpies yep. who are going crazy over Melania's jacket. And he's like, this can't be happening even to me, who is another reckless journalist myself. This is even worse than I'm, I can do. This is even embarrassing Jake Tapper. I'm not saying she does it. Maybe she's just telegraphing for the world. Oh, gosh. I feel like I'm at, at Bricktop listening to some chicks during happy hour. The reality of what's going on, because she's living with Donald Trump, who, as she's going to the border, is attacking <laughs> Democrats and still attacking... All right, you had enough of that? Gosh. It's unbelievable. Just when you thought they actually 
couldn't get any worse, they actually do. All right, so coming up, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to uh, uh, have uh, Gia Volante on, who's going to uh, tell us a little bit about how she travels with her kids. And she put something on Facebook, Gia Valenti did, and, and it was a picture last night of all of her, all these books and all these things. And for some people are going, huh, books? Books? How do you spell that again? B-O-O-K-S? So she's going to tell us about how she travels, because you know Gia's on the kick, uh, where she's trying to just pull her kids out of the tech realm and into more realistic realms where they actually speak, converse, and do that kind of thing. And she has a website, Learn with Moxie, learnwithmoxie.com. So we're going to have him, uh, her on, and then we're going to check in with uh, Jimmy Hoft, who's going to be joining us, the Gateway Pundit people, just in the field, from the Discovery Design Studios. Welcome if you got them, people. Discovery Design Studio. Thank you, Rick Pogue and the gang out there and Jerry Pogue and the rest of the guys. I remember sitting with these guys a while back because Arrowhead can't advertise with me. Uh, and the reason why is because I have several advertisers who I'm barred from taking their money or anything because of my contractual deals. And so I can't really uh, 
take their money yet yes. until the court case is over. So uh, they wanted to support me somehow. Uh, and so because they have the Discovery Design place where they're actually building trucks from the ground up and we were out there, man. It was pretty cool, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It's a big operation. Made you want to have there. a truck, didn't it? Yeah. Did it make you want to put a conveyor on your yeah. Porsche? Yeah, right. Yeah. On the roof of your we, Porsche? We talked about it, actually. We're gonna... Porsche, yeah. You could, you could go places, and if people need roofing shingles, there you go with your Porsche. Porsche. But I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Porsche. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you could do that. Okay, forget it, because that's not a good vibe. Conveyor and Porsche mm-hmm. doesn't really sound right, um, but no, you can do that, and you could you could put a you could even do a wrap. You can make the Porsche have a, have a, it could have a wrap, mm-hmm. you know, like a like a Police Lives Matter. No, Blue, blue Lives, Lives Matter. Matter. Wrap. They would do that. They said they would do that. Yeah, well, you can have a Porsche with a mm-hmm. Blue Lives Matter wrap mm-hmm. on it. It'd be great. Yeah. But they, that's what they do there, and they build things from the ground up. They build truck beds. They, they've done entire fleets, that kind of thing. So it's really cool that they were able to uh, support the show in that way. And Jerry Pogue, we were sitting with him, and he said, you know, I just want to support Jamie any way I can. And if this is the way we do it, then this is the way we're going to do it. And so thankfully for them uh, and, and for, for, for their loyalty and their desire to help Radio Free Almond. I really appreciate uh, Discovery Design. So you guys who are in the business of moving stuff, of uh, truck fleeting and anything else you're doing in construction and beyond and building, uh, Discovery Design will help you do just that. I think there was a development yesterday. My lawyer got a call from the Riverfront Times after a story uh, regarding the FCC and Intercom and MS in 97.1. And uh, I guess I can, I'll, I'll explain it now. I'm let me, um, here, let me, let me just, uh, let me just get back. Let me do this real quickly. Hold on. Sorry. Here. I'm going to tell G I'll call her. We'll call her at eight. Because uh, I want to give you an update on the, on this case. It's pretty interesting. Um, so the, the woman, the same woman, I, I can't. I, it's Frankie, but I can't remember her first name. The same woman who tweeted out that I threatened to sodomize David Hogg, mm-hmm. which was factually incorrect and uh, libelous, which she'll soon discover. Mm-hmm. Uh, called my lawyer yesterday for a comment regarding a filing, a response to our filing to the FCC regarding Entercom and Emmis. And we filed a case with the FCC regarding the multiple violations, in our opinion, of the LMA, which was the agreement of transferring Emmis over to Entercom. Entercom bought Emmis and they had a they had an operating agreement and the operating agreement called for Entercom uh, to run the show and even pay me for that matter and uh, as a payroll operation. But Emmis would remain until the FCC formally approved the transfer. Emmis would remain in control of personnel, programming, and finances, the budget. So... 
what happened is that Entercom, even though uh, as of uh, as of April sixth, ninth, the license had not been transferred yet. So Entercom, when you get right down to it, and and we we have put this forth, which is why we believe that they not violated my contract, but also violated FCC regulations. Entercom didn't have the authority to fire me at all. Entercom wasn't my, technically my employer, MS was. So if you guys understand what I'm saying is, I, I actually wish that, I think probably if I had sought legal advice before all this, they probably never would have fired me because they couldn't fire me. They didn't have the authority to. If they did, they would violate FCC regulations, and they did, and they did violate FCC regulations, and we're pointing that out. But, but here's, the, here's the issue. They have uh, – so we filed that because we're, we're saying, you know, uh, they violated FCC regulations. What are you going to do about it? Because the transfer still has not been formally approved. We're, we're, we're having them review the transfer is what we're doing. I think the transfer has been semi-formally approved, but there was still time to to file a suit for reconsideration of the transfer based on the fact they violated FCC regulations in this entire operation. And you wonder why, and, and does it, is it complicated or are you getting it? I get what you're saying. I understand it. And I, I remember the specifics of it. I'm, okay. I'm curious as why Fenske would have called. For a comment. Well, let me let me. I'll get yeah. to that in a second. But but do you, am I am I is this too complicated or is it tracking with you? When you get the FCC stuff, that I think people kind of don't understand. Right. You know, okay. Well, but, but but here's the thing. So so basically, MS was still my boss. Yes. Entercom was not. Entercom fired me, and didn't have the authority to do it. Right. MS should have been the one to do it, mm-hmm. and didn't, mm-hmm. and wouldn't have. By the way, <laughs> so. That's the other because fun fact, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you know, mm-hmm. uh, David Field is the only one who who got the, the company from Daddy out of town. Needed to please all of his East Coast yeah. lib boys friends, yeah. so that that's how it worked. But but nonetheless, uh, so what happened is that so the license transfer uh, had not formally occurred yet, and so they didn't have the authority to do it. And you're wondering, no. So now you know why, for instance, they needed me to resign and sign those papers and why they were so pissed when I didn't. There's a reason why they called the news media and said I had been fired even before I knew, technically. I, even before I, I signed anything or accepted a severance package or whatever, they called Channel 5 while I met my nephew's confirmation. Because they needed this to happen, because if it didn't happen, they, they knew they didn't have the authority to do it. Mm-hmm. They, they, they knew they did not have true control over my contract. Either that or they didn't know it, and they're idiots. Mm-hmm. But my sense is that they knew they didn't have control, so they needed me to go ahead and surrender and give up. That's what they needed me to do. To the point where even they made up a fake company called Entercom Missouri that at the time they, they wanted me to sign wasn't even a, a uh, legally registered company in the state of Missouri. That's how, that's how 
crazy this whole thing got. Yeah, there was a time when they were kind of – I remember that one day or two days when you had, you had commented that I have not been fired. I have not been fired. Nope, you know, and they were kind of laughing like, oh, yeah, sure, sure he hasn't. You know, but you hadn't been, and uh, people were thinking you were just making stuff up. You know, that, yeah. that not really understanding what had actually happened. And, and, they, and then and that's why they got pissed when I went on Facebook. They go, you know, you're violated. You, you better take those Facebook things down or we're not going to give you anything. I'm like, I'm not taking it down. So kiss my ass. Right. I'm not taking your money. I'm not lying. I don't care about what you have to say. You can suck it. Right. So what's even crazier is, and, and, the, and this is what you get when you have a large corporate media company that doesn't feel like it has to answer to anybody. And if it does, I'll just write a check, pay a fine, do whatever. They don't care. So in a they were so the 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 FCC before all this happened had a suspicion about this agreement. They didn't like something about this agreement. This is before anything happened with me. Okay. The, the FCC didn't like something with this agreement. Like they didn't like this arrangement where Intercom was controlling this, but Emma still retained control of this uh, and, and, and of, of personnel and programming, and Emma still did that. And there was something wacky about that arrangement, and, and the FCC asked them to uh, make a modification, an addendum to their uh, um, – an amendment to their application so that they were able to resolve some of these issues. So on April 19th, okay, this is, this is nine days after Entercom fired me. On April 19th, April 19th, Entercom mm-hmm. files an amendment that says, oh, yeah, don't worry. The vice president and general manager of Emmis is still in charge until this happens, until this goes on. Until the until you finalize this this licensing, until you finalize the transfer. So yeah, oh no, he's still still in charge. And they said he's still in charge, and they're referring to John Beck, the mm-hmm. vice president and, and uh, general manager, who cleaned out his office on March first and was never seen again. So Entercom lied to the. April 19th, this is, a, this is the audacity of this company in 97.1. They filed something on paper with the FCC presenting an absolute falsehood that claiming that John Beck, the vice president general manager of MS, was still retaining control over my job or, and everybody else's job over there. Wow, man, I didn't know about this. <clears throat> I don't remember any of this. And I said to John, uh, I said, did you know that they're saying that you were, you're still there, basically? He's like, uh, I wish. Yeah. Not, not, no, I'm not. But, 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 they, but this was a filing on April 19th after they fired me. They told the FCC, oh, yeah, no, the MS guy's still there. He's, he's still employed there. It's like, he was, he, when, I, when I was over at the new building, there was no hide nor hair of John Beck. And John Beck wasn't consulted throughout the firing or anything else, but they still claim that with the FCC, which is going to cause him a boatload of trouble. But now knowing that their, their ass is in a bind right now, and a serious one, 
apparently somebody decided they were going to go ahead and and uh, it wasn't really a leak because it's public information. Somebody decided they were going to just simply send along their response to our original petition to the Riverfront Times. Uh, they didn't send the original petition. They sent their response. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason for that because they, wanna, they want their response covered. And the reason why they sent it to the RFT is because they know the RFT is a reckless, libelous rag. And so they, they, they sent it to the Riverfront Times knowing that the RFT at, 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 at any level possible will figure out some way to somehow attack me or do whatever because they know that, that they're coming, that, that, that I'm coming for them later, not now, but that, I, that, that ultimately I'm, I'm coming for them. And so because, because I, I guarantee you that when all is said and done, I don't guarantee you this, but when all is said and done, don't be surprised if the RFT is called RFA. Nice. Just so you know. So they, but they know that they're a bunch that the RFT is just chock full of a bunch of hacks. They're despised by this operation here at Gaslight. They're 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 they are just a a a skeleton of what they used to be. Sauce Magazine and Feast. These guys are outgunning them and better better oh, operations. Agree. And so right now you have a bunch of people from uh, basically they're all a bunch of they're all a bunch of incestuous KDHX. Creepers and and meth heads and 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 they're just they and they're and they're posing as journalists and so they uh, they that's what they do and so they so whoever sent them this piece of paper knew that they would print whatever it was that could possibly be negative to me and of course they sent it to Lori Frankie. I guess because the other bozo there, I don't know where he is or what he's doing, but now she's in charge of, the, of this story. This is the woman who tweeted out that I threatened to sodomize David Hogg, which is going to hurt later. But anyway, they, somebody, because they're, they're afraid enough, decided they were going to go ahead and, and send this packet over to the RFT. Because they knew if they sent it to the post, like a guy like Joe Holloman, he'd be fair about it. Mm-hmm. So they want to send it to the to the lower tier operation, the RFT, because they know they'll just print anything. And they know, and 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 the people who at Intercom know the RFT hates me, so they decided they were going to go ahead and and send it th- that way uh, to them. So let's be surprised. You're going to you're going to probably see a story, and, and my my attorney. Uh, chatted with her, didn't give her a quote or anything, but they, but she yeah, called. Yeah, so I was going to ask, what was the, what was her inquiry about? Like just a comment, just a comment yeah, on what they're yeah, reading. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess, I guess at least she called him. Yeah, well, I was surprised actually to hear that. Yeah, normally they they don't, um, they didn't even call me. Right. <laughs> a lot of them are kids over in that place, and there are are they? A lot of them are in their you know early mid thirties or whatever. They're not, you know, they're just younger, hungrier, I guess. If you're if you're if you're in your mid thirties working for the RFT, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know what you've been doing mm-hmm. your whole life. But if you if you're if you're in your yep. mid thirties and you wound up at the Riverfront Times, yep. Yep. I mean, <laughs> what what are you, what were you doing? Were you in rehab for ten years? Uh, you know whatever. 
but yeah, so so uh, that's what you're going to see. The possibility. I've been looking for it to see what the story is, and 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 what they'll probably do is they'll probably because the because Intercom is claiming I'm just doing this for the fun of it, uh, and and it's and it's rec- You know, I'm just trying to disrupt their thing, and we're really not. Um, we're really doing it for a purpose. I mean, there's a. I guess there's an off chance that the FCC could just simply d- then cancel the transfer outright. Mm-hmm. I'm. I don't think that's going to happen. Companies like Entercom, with so many, oh man, stations and stuff like that, have a lot of power. And I'm not quite sure. And and I'm and I'm not quite sure the FCC would think of it. it, it this is even egregious enough for them to cancel a transfer but they will they could find them i can't believe when i looked them up how big they really are it was almost creepy yeah because it's almost like who's controlling the airwaves is is there, is there bigger than intercom is there bigger than i that? don't know because i mean when you look at the amount of stations i'm sure you know but it's like an endless scroll of how yeah. many stations that they control and it's it's a good thing the fcc isn't it exists <laughs> because they could run the country with the amount of airwaves they they dominate in this country. I couldn't believe. Well, in many ways they do. I, you know, yeah. they they uh, Intercom bought CBS Radio, yeah. which is why they wound up with KMOX. So I would when, when we moved, I was in the same building as I know KMOX. I know a guy over there that knew you were there. I was not in the same building as my vice president and general manager. In spite of what Entercom told the FCC, which is going to be a problem, but they these guys are either so stupid, or uh, or or there's a possibility. Uh, two things are possible, and only two things are possible. They're really stupid, which is an outgrowth of of they're run by a guy who got the company from daddy, mm-hmm. and so you've got this little boy running around running a major league company mm-hmm. who who just got the company from daddy so he 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 doesn't really that that's what you kind of get and so you get kind of this reckless approach to personnel and that kind of thing either they're really just you know stupid or they really do run the joint know it and don't have to worry about repercussions when you're that big of a Cal- calculated loss already, like fines already oh, yeah. calculated. We already I, mean, I mean, the FCC will find them for this thing. They'll 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 find you know they will find them. You know, I don't know how much they'd find them. They find them seven hundred fifty thousand dollars or whatever, and they'll just write a check and fire ten people. Mm-hmm. You know, sorry, we had to write a check to the FCC. Your uh, job is done because it's never going to come out of Dave, David Field's hide. Or anybody at Intercom, right? So they don't care. They'll just they'll just pay a fine and and fire ten people somewhere. And that'll be that'll be how it goes. But yeah, so that's you'll look for that story. If, if you is the, is the RFT even like a? I'm gonna find it. Is is the RFT? Well, I don't know whether it's come out yet. When it just does, yeah. is is the RFT? Um, and it'll be a negative story. It'll look like I'm just picking. I'm I'm a I'm a. Uh, Bitter, blah blah blah, this and that. It'll yeah. it'll come out like that it's because because it's it's being written by a woman who accused me of threatening to sodomize David Hogg. Hey, why would you? What else would you? But is it still a is it still a a paper publication? Mm. 
It's very thin. It reminds me of the days when Sir Camp ran it, in the very early days when it was very thin. And then it got really fat and thick when the New York, when the Times bought it and it got really just full of really, really. Time of the Village stuff. Voice people. Yeah. Okay. That's it. And that's who runs it. And uh, I liked it back in the Hartman era. Yeah. It, it used to cool. be a pretty good. Um, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Pretty good um, mm-hmm. publication. Yeah. And then it became, you know, the, the back pages and all that. You know, kind of seedy stuff yeah. going on where I would have to like keep it away from my kids and not want to see the back page. And now it's just basically cat box liner. Yeah, know, it's the paper uh, version of it. But they have the online. You can cruise them online, so they've got that. But uh, it's an awful, awful paper. The, 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 the ones you named, like in town, like the, the feast and all that stuff, those are better. Even the Dude News is almost better than the RFT now, and that's saying something. Well, the RFT used to do uh, uh, primarily; they were kind of part of the music scene, but don't, don't most that's bands liked it, right? But most bands really like like hate them now, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't even want your name in that paper. Yeah, anymore. I know. Like, I thought I thought like most musicians mm, in town like mm, can't stand these mm, guys. No, over there, Mm-mm. we just don't even acknowledge they really exist. It's as if they don't exist. And whereas <laughs> before, in the early days, when you first saw your name in the RFD playing Kennedys or back, it was like, oh my god, we made it, we made it. <laughs> You know, but yeah, yeah. Now wow. it's like we're in the RFT. Oh crap! You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It used to be so. Yeah, you used to like try to pay the RFT to put you in there, and now oh. you're going to pay them to keep you out of it. <laughs> right? Please, no. Don't listen. Don't our want my gig. friends to see right. me in the RFT. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. All right, so um, let, let me let me see. Let me get an update from Gia about uh, what's happening here. And um, uh, uh, what? Apparently, there's still. Hold on. <laughs> so I just got Alicia. Thank you for this, babe. They had a. Um, so Todd wrote that. Um, they're, they're still running things on 97.1 that say Almond in the Morning. Yeah. I don't understand that, how they get how that's glitched into their system. <laughs> so but they are. So, well, yeah. it says they just, it's, it's 8 o'clock. So they, they, was there this guy going, Almond in the Morning? That, that guy? Alicia, see if you can get Todd Armistead. Thank you, Todd, for that. He's really? 97.1 announced Jamie's show 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Epic. <laughs> That's they still doing that? Awesome. Well, is it? How I is heard it a- somebody else say it before a week ago or so. Hey, what's up? Was he back on? I'm like, no. Why? I'm like, oh, they had. I think he got a show coming up on there. I'm like, no, man. Trust me, he doesn't. You know, but uh, yeah, your name's still coming over the airwaves there. Somehow. Well, somebody had texted me. Brad Hildebrand texted me the other day and said, I uh, it was a weekend, and he said, I just heard a promo for your morning show <laughs> on the weekends. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Y'all, she. It's kind of awesome. It was at 6 a.m., Alicia says. Thank you, Alicia. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. Well, before we get uh, take a break here, I want to I want to thank Margaret. (laughs) Um, uh, Matt, is that okay? Bringing us in. You can use the. Yep. Break out this. Margaret Sharp. So Margaret, the other day, the mayor of Facebook, the mayor, yeah, the mayor of the uh, Ready Free Almond Facebook page, right? And, whoop. Wow. Yeah, hang on. For Some cake juice. Here, come over here, man. Let's display this. A little cake juice. Look at that. 
Margaret, so how are you doing this, dude? It's this cool thing. Matt is a genius. He's doing it over his phone. So, you, so you're getting a close-up of this? Yeah. And this is going on Facebook? Right now. I just, I'm confounded. <laughs> I always try to uh, surprise you. <laughs> um, anyway, Margaret Sharp delivered this cake to us a couple days ago. And we kept it in the freezer, Margaret. And thank you. It says, thank you from Radio Free Almond Nation. Look at it. It's, it's a picture awesome. of Margaret and I on the, I almost don't ever want to, I don't want to do anything to the cake. I want to like keep it. Be like a wedding cake, like <laughs> eat it 25 years from now. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Freeze that's it. awesome. Mm -hmm. I love this. Thank you, Margaret. And she's the sweetest. Absolutely. The sweetest woman. And uh, she watches cops, apparently. Bad boys. And Maury Povich. What you going to so, mm -hmm. Yeah, but thank you. And, and the uh, the cake is dripping something. It's, it's got the cake juice the going on. It's dripping all over it my... It moisture from coming out of the freezer. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. All right. Well, Margaret, thank you so much. And thank you, guys. And she had, it wasn't just from Margaret Sharp. It was from Radio Free Almond Nation. So look at this. Mm -hmm. Oh, I mm -hmm. love you. Very, very nice person. Thank you, Margaret Sharp. I'm going to leave this right here on the thing. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that's like about a half of an inch <laughs> of a balancing right there. I know. A fulcrum was achieved. Right. Almost dropped. That would have been epic. Mm. That would have been uh, good radio. It would have been. <laughs> It would have been good Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I love that. It's so sweet. I mean, the 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 the, uh, the one of the things that, that I I have really loved about this whole experience is the uh, uh, this this just amazing family that I'm part of. It just is. It's so awesome, Phil. And you've been a big part of that because you were like early on. Um, you were bravely and gamely just out there just on Twitter and just savaging these people. But it wasn't savaging them. It was more savagery with it, with facts. Right. You know, it wasn't you like going, hey, you idiot. No. Nope. It was you saying, hey, by the way, this is true, and that's not true. This is true, and that's not true. Yeah. And if it weren't for people like you on Twitter and, and, and defending me, uh, I, I don't know what I would have done. I mean, essentially, we we tried our best to kind of stave off the uh, Stacey Newman mob and her dopey that's, stepson mob. That's what it was, right? But uh, but it didn't really didn't really work out. And uh, but but still, it's been it's been really great to have this uh, family, man. And it's really cool that you're on the air with me too. Look at that. Who would have who would have thunk? You know who would have thunk? So yeah, and so I appreciate everybody, and I, I really, it's really humbling and, and amazing. Um, and I, I I hope I'm not uh, boring people with the facts around this case, but I want to update people, and I want to I want to tell people what's going on before they just read about it. Like I hate it when people, like for instance, when when Inside Radio mm -hmm. reported that I'm demanding a jury trial. I haven't. I hadn't told you guys that, and part of it was because I, I, I just, you're not here just to learn. Here, I'm not. I wasn't going to make this show just about my court cases. So I, I, but, but I, so I didn't tell you that. So I'm trying to get ahead of this now, just to kind of so, so you all know what's going on. And plus, you all know that everything you read basically is ninety percent false or biased. So you already know that. So, 
I want to know what do you think your timeline is here for oh. when we're going to hear because we're going to have a big party. But I mean, when do you think this will be wrapped up? I know that some of that's going to go to the Supreme Court, possibly. It could be years, but I mean, well, the 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 immediate one, right? With the first one filed, one of three, uh, they say it could take up up to, up to eighteen months. Okay, cool. No worries. I just wanted to know if you knew. But anything. the problem is, though, for for uh, Intercom and these guys, is that uh, you know, oftentimes, for instance, in a federal court situation, they'll order you to mediation or something like that to get it over with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're ready to go to trial, um, and we'll be deposing people and yes. discovery, and it'll be, and we're fully ready for it. They don't really think that we are. They. Intercom's attitude and their attorney's attitudes are that that um, we're just a bunch of hayseeds in the Midwest and we don't know what we're doing. And they're hiring, you know, eight hundred, nine hundred dollar an hour lawyers and and we're going to they're going to try to paper us and do that kind of thing. And they just they just think that this is we're just we're just fleas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and which is why, you know, even when they were told that my firing would ruin the radio station. David Field didn't care because what does he have to care about this radio station? Because all he has to do is let it die and put something else on there. And, you know, uh, and, and what does he care about the, the, the loss of market share and the loss of revenue? Because he'll just fire somebody in Tucson or he'll fire half the staff at 97.1. He doesn't care. No. What do these guys have to care about? Mm-mm. So, so, and and they certainly don't care about you. Uh, so, even 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 if they were warned about it, they really don't have any. They don't have. They don't care about you. It was nice to go onto the FCC site when you had uh, when we figured out how to how to go to the FCC and log. You know, just complaints as people here in town yeah. that were insulted or. It was nice. It felt uh, it felt like it's going to get buried in bureaucracy and nobody's going to care. Yeah, but it felt nice to just say it. You know. Yeah. Like, Thanks for coming into town. You you out of town pieces of, and and just screwing everything up. And yeah. Making it our little family we had here, and we all had it. <clears throat> Although I'm kind of happy now that it's settling down. I think this is better for you. Yeah. Yeah. You were kind of in a cage. You're kind of out of the cage. So, <clears throat> but. All Ultimately, it will be, and 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 again, they're they're going to try to do the whole thing that, that they're going to try to portray me as being this vulgarian mm. and how horrible this was. But the but again, uh, once you start deposing people, everything else, you'll you'll learn that the facts that those aren't the facts. They never they didn't know they didn't think the tweet was vulgar. They didn't act until Sinclair did, Sinclair. and they were waiting. And if they really thought it was, they would have fired me on the spot instead of waiting to see what Sinclair was going to do. So they really didn't think they didn't think of it at all. And because because they knew it wasn't because they saw my advertisers wanting to double down and support me and even new ones wanted to come on. And so they didn't. They didn't care about. It, it was like Stacey Newman. They didn't care about David Hogg, nope. or about vulgarities or whatever. They cared about their image uh, in the eyes of their East Coast elites. Uh, and David Field probably is reacting to like three friends of his. You know, I mean that's, that's probably true. Oh yeah, that's so yeah. messed up. Or his wife. Because it's probably yeah. true, yeah, and and but so the, but they'll 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 just do the whole thing, and but they'll try to portray this as uh, as this unbelievable vulgarity that I did, and how I embarrassed everybody. But the reality is, they really didn't think that way, 
as evidenced by the fact that they told me not to say anything, it'll just go away. And that PR will handle it. So they didn't really, if they really thought it was horrible, they would have, they would have acted mm-hmm. immediately, but they didn't. They waited. That's what tells it all. It's the delay in action that tells it all. Indeed. And they screwed with the wrong guy, personally. That's my opinion. But yeah, a lot of jocks would have taken the money and run. Yeah, right. And you didn't. And that screwed everything up. <laughs> and you know, it wasn't, and even then, it, 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 the worst part about it was they wanted me to lie. Yeah. But- and it's like, yeah. How, how could you possibly think that after 17 years in this market and building the radio station like I did and the morning show like I did, that I would actually, for money, lie to people? I, I don't know how you think that, where in your twisted mind you thought that was going to be they were just a possibility. praying that you would do it. Yeah. That's all. Well, because in the fever of all this kind of stuff, that's what happens because... Uh, lesser people just simply will give in right away because they're afraid. And, and they're afraid, for instance, they won't get hired at another, another radio job. station mm-hmm. or whatever else. In fact, I had a, com- a conversation with somebody uh, who I won't name who was part of the Emmis Corporation who called me and said and urged me to stop fighting this and said, you know, you don't want to be a Black toxic ball. brand, right. and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because they know they know they, there was a huge mistake made and mm-hmm. and multiple breaches of my contract that um, they're not going to be able to recover from. But they but so they so they needed me to to Comply. to commit mm-hmm. Harry Carey yeah, right, and I wouldn't do it, and that kind of messed him up. And they got angry, man. They had a general counsel there who was uh, screaming at my attorney. Because they were frustrated, because they 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 thought they were going to be able to go ahead and bend me over, and then when I didn't do it, they were stuck because they they committed an act that was in total violation not only of FCC regulations but also of my contract. Yeah, pretty plain and simple. Everything depended on me cooperating, And I'm sure, I'm sure there were people who uh, I work with who probably said, oh, yeah, he'll go away. It'll be okay. He'll go away. He'll do it for money. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, th- I think there might have been some people there. But all right, we'll come back with uh, Gia and her traveling tips for kids as it relates to uh, electronic devices. And then we'll have Jimmy Hoft on and towards the tail end of the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
you going? Nectar with a K, baby. You gotta love that. Right? Oh, that's right. Nectar with a K. You see the album cover. You wanna see the album cover? Is it, uh, it's like, it's like, it's like a, it's like a, uh, it's what you would imagine. Caterpillars, butterflies, and like a snail uh, shell. Anyway, people are like wondering what is up. Like you've been playing all this crazy stuff, but you know, gotta, I gotta gotta keep you up here, keep you up to date here. Well, one of these days we have to do '80s music from Phil's library of songs that he has on his computer, and see if you can guess who they are, and see if we can do that. No, it won't happen, is it? Um, that's all right. No worries, dude. Whatever. I, I, I'll be able to guess. No, you like won't. in a second what they are. <laughs> yeah, you going to take that challenge? Yeah, dude. Oh, you'll lose. How do you imagine I'd lose? Cause man, you know, pretty cool. I like this. Song. I have all kinds. It's of kind of cool drum. It's, yeah, it's got a little groove to it, man. A day like today. This nectar still? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Like, like, well, here, let me show you something. Because I, I, I got a lot of, I got a lot of uh, 80s music on here. Oh, boy. Uh, and it's, and it's not, and it's, and it's not, what did I see? What did we go see? Um, we didn't see, it wasn't Erasure. It was Tears for Fears. Mm-hmm. Um. It was another guy, and, and they all look like they've never even aged at all. It was pretty. Yeah, pretty I went cool. and saw Tears last year. They're really good in yeah. Kansas City. Oh, you did? Uh huh. Took my son. Yeah, I have, a lot, I have a lot of that kind of stuff. Although I have to tell you, one of the the early '80s, uh, that early '80s, that '80. 382 realm was uh, it's really a good good era, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Especially in some of the UK stuff that was happening, I thought it was good stuff. I mean, you know, the Thompson twins weren't yeah, bad. There you go. Yeah. Tears for Fears. Yeah. I mean, those guys were were all right, man. I'm talking deeper than that, man. Oh, you are deeper than that, bro. Like, yeah. look, give me an example, man. Now that you have my uh, I like XTC, my... you like XTC, yeah, like the Fix, you oh, like... the Fix, yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. A little bit deeper than that, yeah. Man. You know, there was one guy that, um, what was that band? A guy that killed himself, hung himself. In excess. In excess, yeah, yeah man. Yeah, I love in excess. But... Yeah, Rick Astley. Kidding. You ever been? You remember the remember the whole Rick Roll thing? Oh God, that was funny, man. It was got, you guys funny. played that. Not long There's ago. no reason <laughs> to cry. Yeah, and they did the high voice. Yeah. Whatever happened to him, man? He's rocking, man. He's got a got a good life.
You don't know who this is? So, dude, you know, don't, don't sit there and tell me hey, you're man. like Mr. 80s. You don't even know this band? Hang on. Don't cheat and look at your little Facebook thing. Either. Hey, man. Yeah, right. Uh, who is this? All right, I'll give you. I'll give you another. You said like especially the UK bands. This is like the premier '80s UK band. Right here, this yeah. Is English beat, yeah. I can tell by the voice. But be playing, don't be trying to play the contest with the baller like oh, me. Yeah, you want me to lay one on you? See if you can guess it. Yeah. Oh, all right. Because right. I, I, I just gave you like one of the most famous. Yeah, you're right. You got UK that's bands you ever. That's true. You did give me that. That's a good point. A little ska action. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. that horn. Yeah, early ska. That's nice. I like that. So Alicia sent me another one. So on the uh, on the streaming page <laughs> of ninety seven one, which I don't know what that is. Is that a streaming page? Like you find the the ninety seven one streamer page. I don't know what, like, apparently where you can stream the show. Okay. Their, their morning show. The one where you click listen live and then oh, it is goes that what, to okay, that Okay, that's one. what it is? Okay. Uh-huh. So the streaming page says uh, 5 to 9, Almond in the Morning. What's playing on FM News Talk 97.1 on air, Almond in the Morning? <laughs> Here, listen to this. Gotta love that. It, it, listen to this, though. Jamie Allman hosts the number one talk show in the market every weekday morning mm. from 5 to 9, Monday through Friday. Oh, man. I wonder what he's talking about now. What was the show about today, I wonder? <laughs> I'll have to look it up. Thank you. I'm glad you acknowledged I'm hosting the number one talk show in the market Amazing. every weekday. Mm-hmm. That's on their <laughs> streaming page. And of course, by the way, it, it wasn't because it says uh, news director D. Schaefer, executive producer Carl the intern Middleman. And Carl hadn't been my executive yep. producer for seven years. Yeah, it's good to see they're on top of things over there. <laughs> and it's good to see that they have enough listeners that the people have complained enough to get them to change it. Because uh, you'd think somebody would have said something by now. But apparently nobody cares. I'm back, everybody. That's what somebody had asked me. Like, is he back on the air? And I'm like, no. And he's like, well, they're they're saying his name on the radio, <laughs> and I had to convince him that it wasn't true. But I wonder if, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if that must be, uh, you know, 
I guess it just kind of bleeds over, but you'd think, and you'd also, uh, you wonder if uh, they're, I don't think they're doing it really on purpose, which would be actually, I would be giving mad props for that, like mm-hmm. tricking people into believing I'm still on so that people will turn the radio show on. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm oh. not there, but they're just thinking that, you know, maybe we'll just hang just out. Listen. Right. Anyway. Yeah. But I don't think they're doing that. I think they no. just forgot that yeah. there's stuff in the system and that I'm on, on the streaming thing. All right, before oh wait, G is gonna kill me. Before we get to that, did you want to try to did you want to try to stump the the baller? Oh, can I? May I stump the baller? Okay, here we go. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, Nice mic play there, buddy. Sorry, bro. You're you're gonna tell me who this is, right? (laughs) Man, that's mean, dude. No, it's not mean. Oh man. Here, I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play this one just to see if you know what it is right away. I'll stop it right away. What is that? Did it, did, did it, it? Rick Spring, good, uh, Thunder Road, Thunder Island. Nice. Okay, you win. All right, Gia. Here on right, Thunder to Island. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a good song, by That's the way. A great song. I played it at the Palooza, but nobody <laughs> cared that. Yeah, but I did play it really loud. Okay, just play it see. just for a second before because okay. I, I like that Thunder Island, man. Who is it? You won't know. No, I didn't. I first Nobody knew. Yeah. Nobody knew. Good song. He's still around. Guy, is this the album where the guy's like laying on like a beach or a rock or something on the beach? The album cover. He's got like jeans on. He's got like a mullet. No. <laughs> What's the name of the band? It's not a band. Jay Ferguson. Oh, Jay Ferguson. Okay. Yeah, you might be right. And Jay Ferguson was pretty cool. He had other songs. Yeah. Oh. Didn't know. I don't know. This song is awesome. My yeah. Sister, the oh. hell out of this song. She was the color of the Indian I think he had, uh... I mean, it's so old, though. They put him on Rhino Records. <laughs> wow. All right, we're going to call Gia. Okay. All right, man, here we go. You can fade that out. Oh, you can't really, can you? Because you got to use the Skype, can't you? Don't you? Yes, you. Can't I? Do I? (laughs) It's Friday. It's Friday. I'm in love. There's another 80s band for you. The Cure. The Cure. That's a bad bad song. Yeah, it kind of is. Well, it's it's not really good cure. Not good cure. You know? Hi, Gia Valenti. How you doing? Hi, Phil and Jamie. Good. You are on you? the air. You're from the. You're right now. You're plugged into the Discovery Design Studio here. So fantastic. All right. Yeah. So now, uh, when are you, are you? So you're going off on a family vacation. Where are you guys going? Hilton Head. Oh, nice. God. Yep. We're heading out. We we're not going all the way today. We stop in Georgia, Dalton, Georgia, the carpet capital of America. <laughs> I think I think that's what they're known for, right? Yeah, I I don't know, but it sounds like I'll Come take on, your. Let's, 
look that up. I think I think we're accurate on that one. I will take your word for it, Gia. Fun fact. <laughs> well, and really, honestly, you really had a just fantastic uh, post on Facebook yesterday. And uh-huh. it was, you had a picture of a bunch of things that a lot of people won't recognize, like books. And... <laughs> <laughs> And, and this, this, is, this fits in perfectly with uh, Learn with Moxie and your crusade, which is a good one, uh, to start to untether kids and parents from these, this device addiction. And, and traveling in a car is a perfect example of all that. Because back in the day, uh, I don't know, when you were younger, did you guys have like games that you played? Like, did you play like. Uh, Car bingo, where you like if I, you yeah. saw a tree or you saw a truck, you'd be able to knock that off of your little slate there. And it's car bingo. Remember those? Yep, we do it all the time. Look at license plates, look at uh, signs on the highway, find your letters. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's so cool. And but those days kind of have gone away with the onset of the devices, the videos. Now they have videos that. Are, that show in the back seat of your, you know, in the, in the, in the headrest, you know? Uh And so, and so what you did was you said, Hey, this is, this is how a learn with Moxie person travels. And so what is it? Well, I probably spend as much in activities as I would on an iPad, but, um, that's beside the point. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, you know, I, I, for a brief second, I thought, you know, Maybe for the car, special occasion, special trip, you know, they could have it for a little bit. And I went, what am I thinking? God, no. I have totally undone this. I have undone the, the being, you know, tethered to this thing. I've broken the, you know, the, the addiction, and I'm not going there. I mean, it, and can I make something clear? Because several, uh, I had a couple um, posts on that Facebook post, which were, it was funny to me, because you're always going to have those that are, well, you know, I happened to see that you had some DVDs in the bottom right corner of your picture. Where people get the notion that I'm like in Amish country where we're living in candlelight (laughs) and, you know, there's no television or, you know, I mean, that is not the situation here. I'm specifically talking about electronic devices as it pertains to iPads and cell phones with mind-numbing games that suck you in with no purpose. No purpose whatsoever. And the, the stuff that when you're saying your kid's name, they're not hearing you. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Or they're so engaged in that that they are going to miss something that you're pointing to out the window in the car. Like, hey, guys, look at that over there. You know what those are? You know, those are, uh, those are cows or, you know, whatever. Yeah. There's just so many moments that get missed if you're completely sucked into that thing. Now, are my kids allowed to watch a movie on the trip? Yeah, we've got E.T., we've got Gremlins, you know, we've got... Wizard of Oz, like some fun movies packed. But other than that, we are strictly doing Mad Libs, and, you know, uh, they've got these cool paint-by-sticker books, which are pretty neat, um, kind of like paint-by-numbers without the mess. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, but I love the people that are, well, I see DVDs there. Is that, do you not consider that to be part of the device problem? No, I don't. I really don't. But they're not going to watch 12 hours of movies. We're going to have some, you know, some time to talk and share and laugh and stop and eat and talk to each other. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's how I'm rolling with it. Yeah, and, that, and that's cool because especially with a DVD and it's The Wizard of Oz. I mean, if you're turning the kids on to The Wizard of Oz, that's 
awesome because uh, yeah. you know, and 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 if they ask, just tell them it was all peyote. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just mm-hmm. just 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 tell them that that's how the people that's how somebody in 1934 could come up with that stuff. But anyway, but it's a great movie. But here's the thing. Uh, in the movie, for instance, like putting in a movie, I get that because you know, even t- like like you guys are leaving uh, this afternoon, and right. and 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 there's a good chance that uh, it's been a busy week. It's a Friday, and there's a good chance that you and Paul haven't uh, had a chance to have a conversation, whatever. And then and so yeah, th- for that, that's a perfect thing to say. Okay, kids, we're gonna kind of like quiet you down here. Maybe even they'll go to sleep, whatever. And you guys can have a conversation. But in the meantime, and that's why it's a lot of people, for a lot of people, it's so tempting because, because what happens is a lot of the activities require the engagement of the parents. And a lot of parents just uh, go ahead and fall into the trap and say, you know what? I'd rather just kind of like not do anything myself. So uh, it's hard. It's, it's a hard, parenting is not easy. And and I'm glad that you're kind of like saying, hey, it wasn't supposed to be easy, uh, and so embrace the uneasiness of it, the difficult of it, and 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 engage. Absolutely, you know, the, uh, when I think about the generation before us, that you know, our parents who said, you know, you kids, would, and they weren't, we weren't even in seatbelts, by the way, um, yeah. or car seats. But, you know, they would say, oh, my gosh, you guys would ask us every five minutes, you know, are, are we almost there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? I mean, they had to endure massive pain. <laughs> massive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we've all been there where our kid is just relentless in asking a question or, you know, how much further, how much longer. And I got to tell you, when they're in those devices, they really, the time is just going by. They're not even, they don't feel any of that. And I think it's healthy. I think they need to, I think we as parents need to experience that pain. And I think the kids do. We're numbing them. I mean, that is a very natural, they're, they're excited to go on a trip. They're excited to get to their destination. And I think it's a normal process for your kid to be, consistently asking you are we almost there are we almost there and uh, you know I, that's part of the that's the storytelling you know that's that's what memories are made of i i don't know that's i'm old-fashioned though i'm traditionalist and i you know but that's that's how we're approaching it do you uh, and you know the kids i asked them i'm like are you mad that mom's not gonna let you have tech no not really i mean they're really not they're not that bothered by it they're they had so much fun going out and picking out all these activities you know, we went shopping specifically for the road trip. You know, yeah. mom's not going to let you have tech. You know, so they had some some ownership in what they got to do on the trip. They picked things that are interesting and exciting to them. Well, they made them a part of the process. Yeah, that's that's the and, real key. Um, you know, yeah, I think that they. And I also said, do you think that what mom's doing for you is because I love you and care about you, or I just want to be a mean mom? And I think they know at this point through you know, how much work I put in to learn with Moxie and, you know, they've tuned into the show when I've been on with you and they know that I'm on a mission. I show them other parents' responses that are, you know, championing behind me. And um, I think they get the idea that this is not done to be, you know, an unfair, mean, horrible parent, even though there are probably days that they feel that way. I think they do know that this is done with complete love and concern for them to be the best humans that they can possibly be. Well, are you going to stop by a Stuckey's and get a pecan log roll <laughs> or not? Um, well, that's not, no, I, not, not so much. Not for, no, not. There no. are only, uh, did you, do you remember the Stuckey's? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, we yeah. used to, I, I mean, it, driving by car on trips 
I, when I was a kid, it was the it was the most fun experience, and and plus we had like you know six kids in the car at, at the time, <laughs> but it was still it was it, there's something just ma- memorable about those times, and I think what 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 you're doing is in terms of a service to the kids is is they're actually doing things that they will remember. I mean, and and that they'll talk about, or that the engagement itself is is cool. Uh, because otherwise, if you're just kind of always just glued to your device, you're not even taking in anything. Uh, like there's there's some things unique to a certain state, or you know, even even checking out license plates is kind of fun, you know. Right, and you know the same applies to me. I'm not going to be in the front seat in the passenger seat with my face, you know, in my device scrolling through Facebook, you know, and looking at everything and ignoring my kids. So. That's the other thing about some of the activities is that they really are family group activities that we can do together and have some good laughs. Yeah. So. Here's a good game. I'm excited to... about it. We've done it before. I mean, they have gone device-free before on a road trip. Now, I will tell you the last time we went to Hilton Head, I was still allowing my kids to have electronics. So this is the first time we're doing a 12-hour. But, you know, my husband's from Iowa, so we've done the, you know, the four-hour trip to Iowa before. And, you know, they've gotten through it, and they, they can do it. We can all do it. It will be fine. No one's going to die from it. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, uh, definitely so. Uh, here's a here's a good game to play though, just to kind of kind of uh, brighten things up a little bit. So you have the activities, but then you have to stop at some point. So a uh, fun game to play is the kids are in the back seat. You're you're still in the passenger seat, and Dad is in the is paying for the gas or whatever. And the convenience store goes in there. And then um, it's fun, cause if you, but you've got to be in on it. So um, have Paul run out of the convenience store, get into the car, and basically we got to get out of here. I just held up the store, and the cops will never take us alive. And they just go pell-melling onto the highway and see. And the kids in the back just enjoy that kind of experience. Those are memories, you know. Mm-hmm. That's hysterical. Mm-hmm. Plus, Paul's a cop. Oh, <laughs> that would even be better then. That, that'll be so much, so, so surprising to them. They'll just love it. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, Gia, we'll have safe hey, travels. Be a game suggestion. Yeah. Thanks, darling. Yeah, right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to have a good time. Yeah. Uh, well, it was better I'm than my. On getting, I'm working on getting as, as tan as Jamie Allman. <laughs> Well, the, uh, that idea was better than the one I had earlier when we were riffing about it, and, and that was uh, it was bring the BB gun and shoot the tires out of the semi. And that's, a bad, oh that's not as fun of a game uh, for the family, but it could be. <laughs> All right. Well, Gia, have fun. I hope you get great Thanks, weather down guys. there, too. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, some people, like, some people are like Hilton Head people, and other people are like Florida people, you know? So have you guys always been Hilton Head people? Yeah, well... Yes, every other year we do Hilton Head uh, with Paul's family. So it's, right. mm-hmm, it's a set family trip. Nice. And, Big group. And what, like, one of the other things, too, about stopping, which I kind of like, is the kids always like to be like in the hotel room, in like a little hotel room and hang out there. Jump oh, from bed to bed. They're so excited about that, yes. Mm-hmm. Always got to make sure there's a pool. You know. Oh yeah, gotta have a pool. All right. Um, by the way, I did pack my RFA tank. Nice. I will proudly be rocking it. Awesome. And I will put. A, I'll put a picture on the fan page. Oh, love it! All right, yeah. groovy. Well, Gia, have a good time. Thank you so much, and uh, safe travels to you. And yeah, I'll, I'll look for the rock and tea, uh, and uh, the rock and tank, 
And then if people ask you, just say, download the app. You, too, can listen from Hilton Head or whatever it happens to be, you know? so Yeah, spread the word. All right, dear. Well, have fun. Thanks. Thanks for calling. All thanks, right. Thanks, thanks for being guys. with us. Okay, Bye. Have See a great you. weekend. Gia Valenti. Check her Mwah. out there on, on Facebook. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> This morning, live from the Discovery Design Studios, it's Radio Free Almond. And let's see. Here we go. Yeah, Jimmy's available right now. He says he has 10 minutes. So let's rock the Jimmy Hoff, the Gateway Pundit. Uh, go ahead with that 304 number, brother, okay? How does that sound? You got it. Does that sound good? It sounds delicious. I think it's so cool that, that Gia, I mean, she's part of a like a new generation of of people who are from... I wouldn't call her the older generation, but you know what I mean is, is that she is, uh, 
changing the whole way that people are dealing with these tech devices and probably teaching a lot of younger parents Hello. great things. Hey, Jimmy Hoft, how you doing, man? Great, Jamie. I know you how have. You doing? I, I know you have ten minutes, so I, I I'm sorry about uh, getting you kind of late, but I wanted to make sure I got you in uh, towards the uh, oh, end of the show here. So I appreciate you as always, brother. Hey, uh, this situation. Did you see this whole takedown of um, Melania on the part of these newscasters who apparently couldn't get over the fact that she was not dressed nicely enough to go down to the border? It was unbelievable, man. Yeah, it's insane, isn't it? The way they treat that woman, and she's so lovely. I don't think they <laughs> help their cause at all when they keep piling on her. Uh, I don't either. And and it was on the Jake Tapper show, and these folks were just uh, really just I, I, like most women. If you if if you're caught basically ripping other women and and making fun of their clothing, it's not tolerable. You're usually just simply told that you, you just it's 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 horrible of you uh, to they do had so. a press pool with them. They knew the, the cameras were gonna be there. So the idea that what she's wearing uh and the sort of image she's projecting with her clothes doesn't matter. I, I just don't think it really uh passes the smell test here. Uh, I I'm sure she has lots of jackets. It's like a thirty nine dollar uh, jacket from from Zara from twenty sixteen I think it's like an old old jacket. Um, 2016 so, is old, old. I mean, in, in for terms Melania of for, for Melania Trump, Trump. For a, I mean, so so Jake Tapper is so embarrassed wow. about the whole thing that he finally has to kind of chime in. And what's really crazy about this is that the woman is claiming, whoever that is, that it's an old jacket. So Melania is attacked sometimes for being dressed too nicely, and then when she's not dressed nice enough. She's being attacked for wearing something that's not nice enough based on the standards that she normally keeps that she's normally attacked for. You, you staying with me here? It's, it's, you can't even keep up oh, with yeah. these people. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. And uh, I think the most uh, stunning uh, thing about this is that uh, with, with Michelle Obama, no matter what she wore, and she wore some ridiculous outfits, you know, tasteless very trendy outfits that are were out of style the next month, you know, um, that somebody would be embarrassed to be seen in today. And uh, they would just praise her. And uh, I think she was even on the best dressed list. Um, they would never dream of treating Michelle Obama like this. And yet the, the hatred that they hurl at Melania, it's just, uh, you know, did, did any of them mention that, hey, this woman just had surgery, major surgery a month ago, and look, she's, always, she, she's already going down to the border to check on things? I don't think one of them said that. Instead, they just attack her on her appearance. And I don't think they do themselves any favors because Melania Trump is the most beautiful, obviously, the most beautiful first lady we've ever had. She's gracious. She's brilliant. She's lovely. She treats people with kindness. And these people look like the bitter, angry people they are when they continue to pile on this woman. And Melania can tell them all to shove it in five different languages, which is even better. <laughs> hey, you That's have great, on, this is an amazing story, too. And, you, and you're, you're right on top of this one, uh, Jimmy Hoft. This, this so-called iconic picture of the crying Honduran girl who made the cover of Time magazine actually with Donald Trump standing over her while she's crying, which is, you know, this, this, this uh, cartooned kind of image. 
And now it turns out that uh, this crying girl was not separated by her mother from her mother at all. And in fact, I'm looking at the picture now. It looks like her mom is standing right next to her, but is cropped out of the picture, uh, basically. But uh, this is unbelievable. Right. And, her, her, and it's her husband who basically came forward and said, um, they were never separated. Right. Right. This is an amazing story. And it shows you again. This whole media narrative for the past two weeks has been a hoax. Everything, every picture I've seen has been from the Obama years. And this iconic image of this little girl crying, right? That they paint a story around this picture. And we know now that every bit of that is false. In fact, this little girl wasn't separated from her mother. She was separated from her father. Because the mother here was married to a man with a good job in Honduras. Um, She left him. And she left, she abandoned three other children that she had, took this little girl up to the U.S. She'd already been kicked out of the U.S. and deported in 2013. She came back with this little girl. They were never separated. Now we have to take care of these people, right? Because then they put them in these, uh, these uh, fancy, uh, you know, uh, they call it, the left calls them cages, but they're <laughs> actually better than most of the uh, a lot of the uh, homes that Americans live in. Um, and uh, anyway, this whole thing is a hoax. And Time put it on their magazine cover. And Jamie, I can't tell you how I, I just got back from Washington, D.C. And I went there to talk to a lot of lawmakers. And I was scheduled to, uh, to speak to Congress on Thursday, yesterday, um, but uh, they postponed it now till next month because of this immigration fiasco. Um, but uh, this is this is the what what I was going to talk to Congress about is the fake news, and they're calling the conservative sites the fake news, right? And they're blocking our content from going out on the internet now, um, and yet they push this nonsense, this complete lie that all the media has been pushing this little picture, of this you know pretty little girl crying. And it's all fake. We know now every bit of this story is, is completely fake. And yet, uh, you know, have we seen these media people apologizing for it? I don't think so. Wow. And well, and you know what? It's so great to see people fighting back against fake news as we now see this $57 million defamation lawsuit uh, being filed against NPR when they covered this story that basically accused this Ed Butowski of colluding with President Trump and Fox News to plant stories about Seth Rich, you know, that DNC staffer. And Butowski's saying right. this was completely defamatory, completely untrue. He's suing everybody in sight and, and finally fighting back because this was, this was the other collusion story that didn't work out, and that was this idea somehow that Trump and Fox News were colluding with some Texas oil man or a rich financier, uh, Ed Butowski, to, to plant stories about Seth Rich, right. which is totally untrue. Absolutely. And uh, I, I've met Ed Butowski. I went down and saw him a couple months ago in Texas um, to talk to him about what he knew about this Seth Rich case. It's a very interesting interview. We put it up on the Gateway Pundit. And, uh, but I didn't know about this. I knew that he's being attacked. He's actually being sued by the Seth Rich family who hired these very high level um, Democrat lawyers from D.C. This firm is suing Ed Butowski for continuing to talk about the Seth Rich case, which is really interesting in itself. Um, but but uh, 
NPR putting out this nasty hit piece on, on Ed and trying to link him to Fox News and Trump. I mean, just com- again, Jamie, complete fake news, complete garbage that's thrown out at the American public. And, uh, and yet, uh, th- does the American public, did they ever hear the retraction of this story? I don't think so. I'm really glad Ed's doing this, this uh you know, government body. I uh, know national public radio. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I guess ultimately, if you, if you want to twist it a certain way, we'll have to pay for it. But uh, nonetheless, <laughs> yeah, you know, the Seth Rich story is interesting because uh, in in the comment section at thegatewaypundit.com, which is very interesting, uh, there are all kinds of stories being put up. And the one one that reminded me is this: uh, the death of Commerce Secretary Ron Brown. Remember that long time ago during the Clinton right. years. And for whatever reason, um, that death in a, in a uh, allegedly supposed a plane crash, um, it really is still a story that really has gone basically largely uncovered. It all ties into the whole Clinton. It seems like there are a lot of people who have been tied to the Clintons who have been killed or died or committed suicide, if if you want to call it stop that. Stop breathing. Yeah, right. stop breathing. And again, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know for a fact. Any. I'm just saying that it all together, it's really like, wow, you're right. I mean, this is kind of crazy. So, check the comment section sometime, if you will, of thegatewaypundit.com because a lot of smart and interesting people uh, post on there. And eventually, Jimmy, uh, boy, the way you're traveling now, I can't imagine this being pulled off. But I would like to. I'd love to have on Radio Free Almond, kind of a a gateway pundit show that actually could be uh, uh, populated sometimes. not It doesn't even have to be you. It could be some of your reporters or anything else. And I think it'd be great to have you on Radio Free Almond, man. Uh, so we'll work that out at some point. Great. All right, Jamie, that sounds good. Okay, buddy. TheGatewayPundit.com is where you can find him. And Jimmy Hoft, have a great weekend, friend. Thanks, Jamie. And, and when, by the soon. and now that the, the testimony is being, when, when are you going to go back? You have to go back and testify. It, it'll be in July now. July, okay. Um, again, we got bumps because of the immigration. Uh, you know, yeah, all the hearings and all the votes. Okay. So, uh, I'm not sure what day yet. Okay. Well, let, keep us informed about that because we'll make sure we we cover it. Okay. Thanks, Jamie. All right, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks a ton. Yeah. So we're. Uh, I think it's really. You know, we're, 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 as we get the network together, uh, we are doing a variety of different things. I mean, we're just, we're just kind of throwing stuff out there. And I want um, Chia eventually is going to have a show with a couple of other women who are uh, out there in conservative land. And uh, I, I want them to have that particular show together. And then love to have the Gateway Pundit have his own deal. Um, and, and I think I think an everyday thing. You don't always have to have a uh, like the Gateway Pundit could be a brand of its own on the show, and then it could be Jim Hoff, it could be Cassandra, any of his reporters. They could do it every day and and rolled it for an hour, and I think it'd be fascinating. Yeah, Facebook people agree. They yeah, love to have more Gateway Pundit. Yeah, Absolutely. so you know, you could, it could be just the Gateway Pundit show, and everything you're seeing on the website could be on the on on the show. We're eventually going to have uh, uh, Doug Giles with his own production. Once he gets set down there in Texas, we're going to kind of stream him in. 
Uh, we've already got uh, Eric Deputy doing uh, Wellness Matters eventually uh, in, the, in the coming days. We've got uh, Henry Davis, who we're trying to hook up uh, on, the, on the show thing. You and your buddy Jesse are going to do one um, at yeah. some point, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Late Night Cuss Fest. That's what it is. <laughs> is that what it's going to be? It's, it's called a truck stop. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. The truck stop. <laughs> Stuckies, yeah, right. Sponsored by Stuckies, right? Yeah, so we, so we're, we're really, and, and if you guys have again up on uh, Radio Free Almond the site or the fan page uh, that Alicia is is doing, uh, if you guys want to have suggestions for people you'd want to hear, because I think there are a lot of folks out there who would love to do, uh, and, and we've got uh, Ben Murphy. I'm trying to get some of the grassroots Republicans to have uh, their own hour that they could use whatever they want to in terms of issues and things like that, and. You, there's got to be a lot of different people who could, you know, cycle through uh, on a regular basis on that and talk about stuff and be entertaining and everything else. So uh, we're off and running, folks. We wanted to make sure we got the uh, six to nine slot uh, taken care of, locked down, and actually that's even uh, going to be in a somewhat of a period of transition. We're going to move into the next level, so to speak, in terms of the cameras, in terms of the accessibility and the look and all that kind of stuff. All the people who have watched up until now are going to be very pleasantly surprised at the way that it goes. But the people that would join in later would never really know so much about the earlier days like this. But so, yeah, I mean, y'all are in on the beginning here. Yeah, absolutely. Take We're going to take it to, to another level here. Uh, and it, you know, because it, it is kind of an on. I mean, I'm people are shocked that we've come this far as it is mm-hmm. because of. Uh, I mean, it's only we've only been on the air two months, right? Or no, a month, mm-hmm. because it, May seventh was our first show. So I mean, a, a month and a yeah, half. That's right. It's kind of hard to believe. Months, Six yeah. weeks, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm I'm just kind of I'm I'm actually surprised myself that it's been that way. But everybody that I'm hearing from is uh, loving the new format. And loving just the 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 easy breeziness of it, and the ability to talk a little longer with folks, and to dig down, drill down a little bit more on stuff, and uh, and just give people what they want, and and also not always be in a hurry. Uh, and and by the way, we're 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 going to be ha- when we do have the ads. Uh, and I've told you this already, but I probably don't need to tell you again. It's not going to be traditional dinosaur radio ad infusion. It's not going to be, I'm going to go away for 10 minutes while just a bunch of spots here. That's not fair to the advertisers and certainly, so we're, so we're going to do a lot of infusion. You know, it's going to be kind of a seamless kind of thing uh, and, and so you're really, you're going to get loads of content, but you're not going to have people just disappearing for 10 minutes or whatever it is. You know? Yeah. I, I, you're going to do live spots, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and, and we're just going to, it's going to be just a more it's going to be part of the product it's going to be a different kind of kind of set to it and it'll be good and um nope we're still not going to do traffic do you think traffic do you think people really do people i I guess they do do people really benefit from traffic reports no my opinion is that they're useless because especially with your phone now but yeah. yeah, you know, if you're telling me what's going on on 70, I'm way the hell out 40, whatever, right. whatever. So I guess there's a percentage of people to whom it is very relevant. Like, oh, I'm not going to go on the highway if I'm going to be stopped in traffic right now. But how many people are right where the problem is? At the, I just never really did understand it. I thought it was more just uh, fluff, whereas the weather is actually important. The traffic 
to a small percentage of people, I guess, could be important. But uh, with your phone, you can basically find out all the traffic. Well, and even weather. Yeah, weather. Yeah, I guess so. But you can plan your day a little bit when you're getting your clothes, whatever, you know, whatever you're going to wear. Grab your umbrella on the way out the door, whatever. I mean, I guess really none of it probably matters anymore because we have a... You know, meteorologists right here in our hand. So you don't. So you don't think we need a radio free almond weather person? No. So somebody come in and no. Tell, just, tell us what the weather's just like. Just that'd be like a funny, like you know, it's hot. Yeah, that's it. Suck it back up. to you. It's hot, right? <clears throat> yeah, it's humid. Your hair's going to curl. Back to you. There are people though. What they do for traffic though? Apparently, they they must do research or something that shows. It's it's important because, like, KMOX has not only a, a helicopter, but they have a plane. <laughs> I mean, they they've got they've got two people up in the sky. They've got an airplane and a helicopter, both doing traffic. So they must, and I don't think they would do it if they didn't think that it actually mattered. But I don't get it because I, I mean, didn't you didn't you didn't you used to have the helicopter sound sometimes and you would talk yeah to yeah them? that was funny and don't and don't most people like. Well, I'm, I don't mean to disparage KMOX, but um, a lot of people who listen to KMOX are listening at home because they're 70. Right. So they're they're listening to, like, what everybody else is doing on 270. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, come here. Listen to the radio. <laughs> Look at wh- what's happening to the people out on 270. Yeah. The, the left two lanes are slow, honey. <laughs> Come over here, listen to KMOX. The left two lanes on 270 are slow. There's a car. Honey, there's a mattress in the highway on 70, right near the Blanchette Bridge. <laughs> yeah, there's a stalled. Honey, there's a stalled automobile down on 55 near Imperial. Right. Come over here and listen to this. <laughs> Plus, somebody said that pe- most people drive really like five, ten minutes, twelve minutes to their work, so it's not like you're, you know, yeah, you need to know the entire layout of the city. Where, like, like, oftentimes, like if there's like a major crash, like a jackknife tractor trailer, oh, and it closes all of forty, that's sometimes good to know. My daughter got caught in that that crash out there on forty. On Saturday, or whatever yeah. it was, where that woman got killed in that FedEx truck. Yeah, six hours. I mean, it was she wasn't stuck for six hours, but the highway was closed like seven or eight hours. Was the so. woman in the FedEx truck? No, killed? the FedEx truck couldn't get over to the shoulder, so he stopped in the right lane and he stopped. And he was, and then some woman, I guess, wasn't paying attention to what was in front of oh. her, and she just hit it. Like wow, you know, and she was killed. Was the guy in the FedEx truck okay? <sighs> Because yeah, because he was in his cab, so. I know. But yeah. but I, I oftentimes see these guys like even in the UPS trucks, mm-hmm. and they don't look really safe. Mm-hmm. Well, those UPS they don't trucks have doors or anything. This was a semi. Oh, a, a FedEx semi. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So he was probably all right. Oh yeah. He's <laughs> like, what was that? I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's sad. That's it was horrible. Bad. It was really bad. We were on yeah. the way to the Olive Garden. That was when the, that was the whole day. I was, yeah. It was Father's Day. Mm-hmm. It was Father's Day. Right. It's the Olive sad. Garden, huh? Damn. Is it good? No, it could. It had to be good. I don't really. Been I don't really I mean, I'm not gonna. Yeah, the minestrone was good, which I love minestrone. But other, their spaghetti. Come on, man. Give me some ragu. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> These places really what what defines them is the bread. 
I could eat a lot of the bread. Yeah, see that? Good. Yeah, they just the breadsticks at the table. I was like, that was yeah. My, I was getting a, yeah, yeah, and, and they they just they just they just dip these things in butter and mm, salt them, and that then sounds good right now. You know, most most people really secretly are only there for the bread. It's like at Red Lobster, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like you really go there for those cheese muffins because there's really everything else is just like you know. <laughs> Give me that hush puppy. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. they've got you know, they've got shrimp. They peel in from Honduras. Good idea. We could bring back the traffic demon. Now that's not a bad. Oh idea. yeah, the that was kind of cool for a minute, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, I thought the traffic demon was a good idea. That was yours too. So yeah, that's that's all one of yours. Yeah, never stole anything from anybody. No, common sense. That voice box, the, the traffic demon. How did you do that? How did you get the? What was the gizmo that? It actually, was a little box. Actually, Glover box. used it a while back, yep. um, and it's just one of these little voice changer boxes. You push the button, talk it. Yeah. Does it? Oh, yeah, man, I want that. I wanted to know. I always wanted to know what you guys used for that. I never quite understand it. Maybe one of these guys knows what it is. I used to. Um, after I did it, there were times when I, <laughs> I would because somebody did this to me once, and that's how I got the idea. Is it so you're after the show, you're done, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you go ahead and, and turn it on when you're for leaving. Next, for the next person to come So in. the next guy who comes on. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of cool, the man. The minute they hit the air, they're going, oh, run, run, run. <laughs> and they don't know what to do. That's awesome, man. It's so humiliating because they're like, hey, run, run, run. <laughs> They can't find the box. <laughs> yeah, they can't find the box. <laughs> and then it's like, and then, yeah. then they're looking for the box, and they're on the microphone. Hey, where's what? How, how, how do I do it? What's oh. going on right now? You sound like the right. devil <laughs> looking for the box. Oh, you sounded awesome through that thing, man. Oh yeah, yeah. I want one of those. I'm gonna find one today. That'd be good, man. To do one I'm of those. On I'm on it. And to, and to kind of and I like the whole idea that that the traffic demon would come. Well, radio is so cool because you can always do kind of these uh, theater of the mind things. And mm-hmm. so yep. uh, the uh, traffic demon would only come when I left to go get a cup of coffee. He'd right. come in and try to flirt with the right. with what's her face. Yeah. I don't remember her name either. I do. Who? She was just on the radio. Dietra. Yeah. Oh, Dietra. That's right. Detour Miles. Yeah. I was talking earlier about how I just forgot about I like, like forgetting people's names and stuff. I don't know what's happening. You know? Yeah. Mind eraser. Speaking of 80s bands, how about some erasure? You take your ginkgo, though, don't you? Ginkgo Bilboa? Ginkgo Balboa. Yeah. He was in The Hobbit, wasn't he? Yeah, he's Frodo. Yeah. Oh, here. I'm trying to get the music here. Been a long week. But a good week. But a good week, everybody. Good morning. Yeah. We got big a big week cake, next week. Cake to eat. What? Big week next week. I know, man. Yeah, we do. Wednesday, I'm going to be in uh, Kansas City. I'm going to be with Sarah Palin and Tony Minetti. And Thursday, we're working out the show details. So I'll be, um, I'll do the show from my hotel room with just a towel on. I'll do, I'll do the Harvey Weinstein show. Yeah, deliver some. If you guys, and, and, and I'll see if I can get some papers delivered to my hotel room. <laughs> Bring the papers to my hotel room. <laughs> Come and see my fat stomach. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
Have a good weekend, everybody. Thank you, Phil Valencia. Thank you. Nine Killer, you're awesome. Thank, Thank you, you, Matt, for all your hard work, buddy. Thank you, Gaslight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I'm serious about that, too. That's not a mocking thing. No. Thank you, Lord, for sure. Right. Look at me like that. I just want to say that because we just talked about the traffic demon. I didn't want the Lord to think I was... Leaving on a down note. Like, 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 right. like I was giving the demon, a demon like a lot of props. Or do that. All right, people. Hey, by the way, Dave Sinclair, thank you for my Rubicon, man. I've been loving that thing. Tell you the truth, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna leave the Malibu there. I tell, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. Well, then he wins because that was his plan. So, well played, Dave Sinclair. <laughs> yeah, way to go, buddy. And thank you, Discovery Design, for this beautiful, gorgeous sponsorship of this studio. Thank you, guys out there. Have a good weekend, everybody.